Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 68 of the Friday Nightmares podcast. On this episode, we are talking South African horror. I am one half of your hosting team this evening, Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy. I'm fully vaxxed, boosted, and waxed, and ready to climax. And if you can, please get me wet and feed me after midnight. I'm the man with the glorious beard, a.k.a. Mother of Cats, a.k.a. the man with humongous ego, a.k.a. Scotthausen, a.k.a. unfortunately not the retaining champion of the hungry belt i'm smoke <laughs> show and i'm not better than you and i know it and also a halloween troll my name is heather powell <laughs> i am coming to you today from Waterdown, ontario canada and i'm just a basic fucking white bitch of horror movies uh so much so so this is our halloween episode even though it's not scott and i don't do themes because we're better than you and we know it we know it we're not like another podcast. Uh, I don't want to name any names, but like Australian podcasts with those 31 days. Like talk about fucking trying too hard. Zombieweed. Look at me. I watch a new horror movie every single day. And then I write a review on it and rate it on my Patreon. That was the worst statement ever. Actually, I love Tim Davis's 31 Days of Horror. The, the Horror for Dummies, if you're not a fan, please check them out. Uh, you can listen to them for free on Spotify, but if you want to access Tim Davis's 31 Days of Horror, which I have been listening to, uh, you would have to become a Patreon. And honestly, I don't know how he does it. He he does a recording every single day. Like, how, I don't know how he does it. I really don't. He's how, like long, man. how long are the episodes usually? 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, that's, still, that's, that's impressive, especially like being he, a father. Well, and he edits and like adds yeah. music and stuff. Not like us. We don't, we don't do that. We right. can't even do a top 10 Patreon anymore. Let alone. <laughs> it's like top five Patreon. We I didn't mean, even do top 10. It was top five. <laughs> we don't, well, don't do I mean, technically it was top 10, but we just kind of blurted out the top, our uh, six through tens, like in the beginning is honorable mentions. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what we do. I forgot. <laughs> See, it's been so long. Um, But we, so I guess this is technically our Halloween episode and in, and in, gear for that i'm using my michael myers mug that was a gift um and it says on it terror never rests in peace and evil obviously doesn't die tonight and scott's showing me his titties what who is is that bruce campbell yeah that's my evil dead shirt in halloween it's, oh very nice so there you go everybody halloween themed episode right here <laughs> now we do all of our halloween themed shit on uh like as activities or if we're we watching do. any halloween themed movies we're not just doing them for the show because we've, we've covered most like yeah. everybody's covered Halloween theme stuff. So we're just, yeah. you know, that's just shit we just watch on our own. Yeah, but we are doing a very basic white bitch thing for out of the dark segment, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and Scott's been busy trolling people about Halloween ends. So it's been. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just living our best life here on the Friday Nightmare podcast. And I will say I have been doing some themed Halloween watches, which I was going to put it in our what's new segment. Mm -hmm. But since I did something special yesterday, I'm doing that instead. Uh, Scott but, lost his virginity and he's really excited. To I am. I can't really wait to tell you guys head. about it. That special someone. <laughs> itself, actually. That's yeah, I lost my virginity to my hand. Rosie and her five sisters. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Scott, that's a lot of women to please. It was, it was an orgy. It was amazing. <laughs> But no, I've been uh, watching a lot of, uh, I've been going down on a deep dive through YouTube, finding just horror movie shorts. Nice. And 
found a lot of really interesting, like a lot of Halloween themed ones. Cause I was like, Oh, you know, that'll get me in the spirit. I'll watch some Halloween themed hor- uh, horror shorts. And mm. I found quite a few and there, there's some really good ones out there that, yeah, I never would have known about if I never done this. Well, I got to tell you, so we were at dinner last night, George and I, and we were talking about our pumpkin thing. I said, so Scott and I are going to do, I guess this is a spoiler, but Scott and I are going to do a pumpkin curry contest for Friday Nightmares. So what we're going to do is on Saturday afternoon, when Scotty comes to visit, I am getting my friend's daughter to pick out special pumpkins for each of us. Um, so Scott, you get what you get. This is a seven-year-old. So keep so, your expectations low. So in other words, she's going to listen to Auntie Heather and go, get Scott this really weird, oblong, oddly <laughs> yeah. shaped one so he can't win. Yeah, probably would have been. Scott would love that one. It would be so, and she would think she was doing something nice for you, picking that pumpkin. No, I will not have any influence <laughs> unless she buys super ridiculous, like wants me to get super ridiculous large ones. That's not happening. Yeah. Um, I'll probably stick her towards the medium-sized pumpkins. But anyway, so I was telling George about it. And I mentioned it to Anne and I said, you know, if either one of you want to join. So George bought, well, we were at the restaurant last night, carving tools, specific adult carving tools. And then he was going to buy us each a pack. I'm like, no, it's fine. Scott and I can share yours. Trust me. And he's like, well, I'm going to win. I'm like, oh, there's no doubt. You're probably going to win. Like, (laughs) I don't even know if this is real. It'd be a competition between Scott and I, which one has the worst asylum or uncorked pumpkin competition (laughs) between the two of us. Honestly, like without stencils, I'm not that good. Because well, I mean, need, I don't, I don't. You carve. can make a stencil, like you could draw, draw right. stuff on a white piece of paper, and right. But I'm just saying, I'm like, I've, I don't carve pumpkins. I haven't done it like every year, so like, yeah. I'm not the best. Like I, yeah, you're I'll probably be better do, than mine. <laughs> I'll say I'll probably just do some like silly ass regular old jack lantern. Who knows? You know, we should try to do a pumpkin of each other. <laughs> <Should we look? laughs> kids come trick-or-treating because my goal is I want to put these pumpkins I set up a table at the end of my driveway just so kids don't have to walk up my driveway and I can you know it's just easier for them and I'm going to set them up on the table and so like they'll see George's and be like oh wow that's so cool they'll see ours and be like yeah that's great (laughs) candy lady (laughs) did your five-year-old do those (laughs) or they'll wait till you're not paying attention and knock ours off the table (laughs) all right so anyway um George is here for it um he's here for the competition so he's going to shame us carving tools have been bought i'm gonna see if ann's gonna come over if ann does come over we'll uh we'll watch there is something maybe we'll watch hocus pocus too i don't know yeah, that would I, haven't, be her... I haven't watched it yet so yeah that would be her speed so we can throw that on um if she wants to come over and do the competition with us i have to ask her next weekend because if that's the case i will be purchasing four pumpkins and there will be four pumpkins for people to choose from so uh that's just one of the many halloween activities that scotty and i have planned for next weekend be prepared for a lot of surprises but no real well we're we're going out to a bar but not like not like how we've gone well okay not like how i've gone out to the bar <laughs> <laughs> like i shouldn't be that drunk well that's you uh, <laughs> we'll see. it's in god's hands really we'll see what happens lord help me with this one <laughs> lord lord please have mercy anyway so um yeah, we'll talk about all things Halloween then. But unfortunately, that's at the end of the month. And I mean, you know, I've done some Halloween things since because I was on vacation. That's true. That's true. So I guess technically, because this will be released next weekend is our Halloween episode because uh, we'll actually be living in our, what is it, IRL in real yeah, life? Yeah, IRL, yeah. When, uh, and we'll post videos and, I don't know, pictures and shit. So we'll just be more of an interactive Friday nightmares on Halloween. So, yeah. you know, happy Halloween to all of you horror fans 
occasional horror fans. I only like horror movies on the 31st fans. All are welcome at Friday Nightmares. Um, you're all our children. You're now. All our children now. Scott and I are not great parents. So you may have to call social services. <laughs> oh, you're- <laughs> I was going to say, kids, will you guys stop drinking the bleach? Yeah. Put it away for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Just stop drinking the bleach. Time for you to do some shots with mom and dad. Yeah, Um, come on. (laughs) Stop being a loser, (laughs) two-year-old. God, wuss. Lightweight. Right? Right? So anyway, we will talk about a billion 2022 fucking movies that we watched. So we'll get on that now. Um, you didn't put your movie on here. Maybe I'm just not seeing the updated. You didn't put uh, the infamous Halloween ends in 2022. I don't see it. That's okay. We know you watched it. We'll save the best oh, for last. No, but I forgot. I meant to put that at the very bottom because I figured that was going to be like a good one to like end on. Oh, yeah. Oh, we will be ending for sure. <laughs> for there sure. Go. Now, Scott, now it's added. If Scott's killed in a tragic Halloween pumpkin accident, we know that there's several people that we could point to as the as the culprits um <laughs> right scotty yes sorry i was counting we have 20 2022s to talk oh, about oh fuck we better get on this shit all right so this half hour is gonna be five minutes long i'm like you like the movie yeah i like the movie too what did you like that all right next one well i have a feeling we won't have a lot to say about our main topic so <laughs> yeah you know and really that's not what the people came here for the people came here to hear us talk about all the 2022s we watched so you don't have to um because i don't want to say we're heroes but i i can't think of another word to describe it well i mean most heroes wear capes me i just wear one on my dong (laughs) it's true it's a cute little thing it's just a little thing (laughs) so proud (laughs) all right well i guess did you see this one nope okay i'll start i'll start with this one i don't think i have any the name sounds familiar but I'm. it's usually how your dates end is that why it sounds familiar (laughs) pretty much (laughs) so the movie we are referring to is when the screaming starts this is a british film it is a 88 minute runtime the tagline is starting a family can be murder when Norman Graysmith is invited into the home of an aspiring serial killer, Aiden Mendel, he believes he is the subject for his documentary that will make his career. This is a mockumentary found footage film. It is a 3.3, three-star three rating on Redderbox, and all I can say is moi. This movie is fucking hilarious. If you oh. are a fan of serial killer documentaries, such as the Dahmer ones, and I don't know, Gracie and every Gacy and everything else that's on fucking Netflix nowadays. That's every new every five minutes there's a new fucking serial killer documentary that's been released. Then you'll like this movie because it kind of makes fun of all of them. Uh great British humor in this one. Easy runtime when we're looking at an 88-minute runtime. But that being said, you gotta like British humor. If you were not a fan of British humor, yeah, I know you'll like it, Scott. You'll find it funny. But I'm thinking for our listeners, you got to dig British humor. humor. If you don't dig British humor, you're probably not going to like this movie. Um, It's great. It's great. The acting in it is great. The ending is great. It's so sensational. It's easy to watch. It's 
not overly predictable like it's predictable but not it's a horror comedy right so like yeah. with a mockumentary you know lens of how it's filmed so i strongly recommend it it's only available right now on Screenbox, Screenbox amazon channel uh okay so if you have that channel i recommend it as it comes out to i'm sure it will be available through bod eventually rent this fucking film if you like if you like british comedies you like horror you like mockumentaries you like found footage this is a must watch and the name of the film is when the screaming starts nice yeah okay this will be the probably the first one i watch for next week then because this I... will definitely get an award from me definitely this year nice. maybe in my top 10 and i mean not my top 15 or top 20 and you sold me with three things found footage mockumentary british humor oh, fuck. the british Fucking humor sold. is so on like it's funny so yeah it's a good one what about this oh wait you put yours in here perfect you sandwiched it so i'm not talking back to back yeah exactly i wanted to kind of space them out a bit here so Awesome. The, the next one is uh, one that I got to see in theaters, and that is called Smile. I'm sure quite a few people have already watched this, but uh, synopsis is, after witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cutter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. As an overwhelming terror begins taking over her life, Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. Uh, so I went into this one thinking, okay, this looks like it'll be kind of like the teeny teenage style horror, kind of like what we'd be used to with Blumhouse. Yeah. Um, and like the, the trailer made it feel like it was a Blumhouse film. I I don't think it was. Um, I but uh, I gotta say, I came out of this movie really freaking impressed. This was well, so was a lot of people. Number one in the box office, wasn't it? Two weekends in a row. I think so. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, this was impressive. Like it was legit. Actually, had some legit, uh, very creepy moments. Um, I have to say, like there are a lot of jump scares in this, and I'd say about seventy-five percent of them are very well earned. Like mm. where, where it's not just like, ooh, it's spooky music, gonna scare you type <laughs> false jump scare. No, there's some legit like ones that made me fucking jump out of my seat. Like, holy fuck, I didn't see that coming. Nice, like, nice. It, there's some, and it's really creepy, well acted, well shot. Um. And it talks about trauma and like, you know, how that can affect people and like that. And I'll be getting into that a little more with another film. But like, yeah, if you have not seen this, it's still in theaters. Go check it out. This is contention. This is in contention for top 10 for me. I fucking loved this movie. Fuck yeah. It was so good. Like Fuck I yeah. was so impressed by it. That's awesome. So obviously go watch it in theaters. It's only available in theaters right now. Yeah. Um, and it's worth it, obviously. Yeah, I, I went into this thinking, oh, this will just be, you know, a six or a seven. No, this is like an eight or a nine for me. So this, this is, is a total Tim Davis. It could be. I I, I I'm very curious to hear his thoughts on oh, this. Oh, I meant like Tim's like a nine out of ten or a ten out of oh, 10. Oh, oh, oh yeah, he's my yeah, actually, yeah, that's all we should do from going forward. You know, since I am since Scott Crawford is referred to as a boner to them. You know, Tim Davis is a 10 out of 10 or a 9 uh, out of 10. 10 out of 10 is a perfect movie. It's Tim Davis. It's Tim Davis. Going yeah, forward, Tim, that's a- Call me a bitch now, Tim. <laughs> I love our banter between the two shows. Like, you guys got to listen to our show and their show, and you'll get this yeah, back and forth. You'll get and the great. back and forth. You know what it reminds me of? You know, have you ever seen that video where it's the two dogs barking at each other at the fence, and then, like, you remove the fence, and they just sit there and, like, hang out? Yeah, that's, that's like, us on our show, and then, like, Tim and I in private chats are, like, we tell each other we love each other, and, like, it's, really, it's so funny. Oh, like, we I love I those wish guys. his son happy birthday, and, like, then on the show, I'm all, like, I fucking hate Tim. Like, it's just really, really funny. <laughs> but, yeah, Smile is recommended. We give it a Full, a full Tim Davis. Oh, whole full vein of Tim Davis. 
and I guess I'll go with mine next. This is actually like hallelujah fucking Netflix. Um, all I can say is international horror on Netflix is where it's fucking at. This one is called Holy Blood. It is a Spanish film. It is an 88 minute runtime. And oh my God, is it funny? Have you seen it, Scott, yet? No, this is on my watch list. Like I actually oh. saved it to watch on uh, my queue on Netflix because I, I wanted to see it. I, it's silly. It's a silly vampire yeah, I've film. Seen the trailer. Just so we're clear, right? It's silly. It's, it's meant to make fun of Twilight and other things. It's supposed to be a comedy. So don't take it too seriously, all you little vampire fans out there. Um, and it's a 2.0 rating on Letterboxd. I guess if you walked into this movie not knowing it's supposed to be a comedy and making fun of fucking Twilight and other shit, maybe you wouldn't find it as funny as I did. But I thought it was silly and I thought it was fun. So Jebby is a teenage student so shy and clumsy that he does not know how to attract the attention of his classmate, Sarah, a geek girl whose only interest is a literary saga about vampires. So basically making fun of Twilight. It is so funny. It is it is available in dubbing. So if you do want to watch it in English, you can. And it is just a fun ride, but you got to go into this knowing that it's a comedy. It kind of reminded me of what was that movie you loved a couple of years ago, the found footage one that was Spanish. Spanish found footage. And it was like super silly, over the top, gory. It was in the, it was in the school. Oh, oh that was Brazilian. That was, uh, was Brazilian. Well, Spanish was uh, the language that was spoken. Yeah. But... Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary. Yes. It reminds me a lot of that in the sense that it's really? just a very, very silly film okay um you know like there's some really funny lines between the father and the son in this and it's like yeah like it's just it takes a vampire lore and it doesn't take itself seriously so if you're watching this movie don't take it seriously if you like you know ghost killers versus bloody mary and that kind of stuff then you'll like this film it is available on the netflix and yet again fucking international horror on netflix well, everything else, not so great. But, you know, it's that sort of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but otherwise it's uh, it's pretty weak. But international horror is good on there. And I'm glad to hear that there's finally some more good Netflix because there there's another one that we're going to be talking about later. But yeah. um, other than that, Netflix has been kind of blah this year. So oh, I'm man, our awards will be pretty some... easy. I might be this one and another one. <laughs> and I'll be like, yep. those two, moving on. <laughs> because, so, yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. I will make the effort to uh, watch Holly... Uh, Holly Blood, is that what it's called? Holy, 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 I said Holy Blood, but Holy Blood, I think, sounds fine too. I don't know. Holy, holy Blood's probably right, but it's yeah, funny. I think it's supposed to be Hollywood. Hollywood, holly but they're making, yeah, it's funny, Scott. Like, honestly, yeah, like, it's an easy, fluffy, silly vampire film. And yeah, if you watch it as such, you'll, you'll like it. Nice. Because, yeah, I saved, because I watched the trailer on Netflix and I was going, Okay, this looks entertaining. I'm saving yeah, this. Yeah, so it's have it entertaining. It is. It's entertaining. And like, I don't know. Unlike where North Americans do silly vampire films, like they're sometimes not as funny. Right. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't, I think it's from Spain. I know it's in Spanish, but fuck, like the way they deliver some of these lines, it's just, it's just funny. It's, it's super silly. So nice. Yeah, check it out. Anyone else who's into that kind of stuff, check it out. Free watch on Netflix. Um, Holy blood. All right. So yeah, that'll definitely be on my list to watch as well. Um. This one, speaking of uh, movies that have to be on people's list to watch, if they are a fan of the first one and a fan of this type of film, mm. I thank you to my buddy uh, Justin and his 
girlfriend Haley, they took me out to the theater for my birthday to go see Damien Leone's Terrifier 2. It was actually playing a one-time, one-day showing at the theater right down the road from me, and they grabbed me a ticket for it, and we all went to go see it. I was a big fan of the first film, and mm-hmm. I love and I love All Hallows Eve. Like, um, so I'm definitely an art to clown. Like, yes, I gotta, I wanted to see this as soon mm-hmm. as I seen the trailer drop. I was a bit nervous hearing that it was going to be about almost two and a half hours long. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, this movie was insane. Two and a half hours long felt like maybe an hour and 45 minutes. It flew by. Like there was no like, I wasn't looking at my phone to look at the time or anything like that. Like I, it just went by so damn quick. And I think the reason it is as long as it is, Dave Z from Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast made a good point saying, that he thinks it's this long because everyone gave Damien Leone shit for not having any story in Terrifier 1. And so he's, so I think, so he thinks Damien is trolling the audience and going, oh, you want story? Well, I'm going to give you two and a half hours of fucking story. And I think that's fucking brilliant because knowing what I've read from Damien and all that stuff, I could totally see him doing that. Nice. Um, Good for him. But this movie, if you thought that uh, Terrifier 1 was gruesome and violent, (laughs) you haven't fucking seen nothing yet. This movie was intense. Mm. Some of the some of the most like this is the most graphic gore I have seen in a horror film on the big screen ever. Um, The the closest I've ever experienced before that was Human Centipede 2. And this one just the 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 kills in the first movie are basically g-rated or child friendly compared to what you see on the screen and they don't shy away they don't pan the camera away they make you watch like a good long chunk of like violence and it got to the point where three people got so disgusted they actually left during one of the most violent scenes and never came back and wow that's 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 a true test like this is an endurance test like to some people like that's it's going to be, it's going to put you to the test for sure. And like the story, I loved it. I like, it gives you a little more explanation on art, uh, but only, and it kind of just drip feeds you information. Doesn't give you like, doesn't explain it all. Just gives you a little bit and then gives you more questions, which I think is just helping to build up for Terrifier 3. Um, oh, the, uh, the main protagonist of this, Sienna, fucking amazing. Laura Laverne, I think is her name. She did such an amazing job and is definitely going to, at this moment, she is definitely going to win an award for me because she is a fucking badass and puts fucking art to, art to the test. Like nice. it's, it's great. And yeah, David Howard Thornton returning as Art the Clown, his sadistic glee showing on his face while he's doing the shit that he does is just so fun to watch. And he's just so freaking funny, even though you shouldn't be laughing at the scenes that you're laughing at because of him. Like it's, all around this movie is fucking awesome. It is in my top five right now. I love the shit out of this. Like, it's going to be one of those films that I could definitely, and it's Halloween. It's on Halloween again. It has a Halloween costume party and all this shit. So totally in the season. But just be warned, this is not for everybody because this is very fucking hardcore. Like, yeah, the, it's like, if you like the first one, I say go watch it. If you have not seen the first one and you're skeptical about the first one, do not watch this one yet. Like, cause this is, this will be a test for you. It's, it, I've you should seen probably worse. do all Hallow's Eve first. Yes. And then do, um, Terrifier, Terrifier and then Terrifier too. Yeah. If From you the can handle those. what you're saying, right? Like, cause all Hallow's Eve, it's pretty tame. 
Well, I mean, the ter- uh, Art the Clown segment in that's pretty fucking brutal, but it's nothing but like not, that. Yeah, yeah, not like the movies. No. Yeah, yeah. So is it just available right um, now oh, in yeah, theaters? Sorry. Yeah, right now it's uh, only available in theaters. Uh, it actually, I think, has earned over $1.4 million for only doing a one-time, one-day showing that it did so well that it actually made top 10 box office, which nice. is fucking awesome for an indie indie filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like congratulations, horror fans, for supporting something else. Even though it took the first one to get credit to make it to the second level where this one's making money, thank you for like yeah. not just fucking going to see, you know, the purge anarchy and things. Right, exactly. And apparently, it did so well they actually extended the the theatrical release, and it's actually up against Halloween Ends this weekend, which nice is awesome to see. Like two like Halloween themed movies playing in theaters right now that are horror like and it's i am so happy to see so many horror films in the month of october this year like in well, theaters this it's funny amazing. you talk about that because i'm not only am i wearing or drinking from my mug i am wearing the treat shirt that you got me clown. so you know i am i am this weekend I am wearing my my Art the Clown shirt, drinking from my Michael Myers mug. I'm just a fucking walking billboard. Hell yeah. Um, oh. And, you know, props to, like, a new horror icon, too. Can we, like, not appreciate that as well for a second? Um, something else to bring in that brings fresh life to horror icon legacies. Yes. I was going to say, he is, for only two movies and a short story, he is climbing up those ranks. He is nowhere at the level of Jason or Freddy or anything like that yet, but... And I don't know if he ever will be just because of like, you know, this is for a particular audience, but he is becoming well-known. I I found people know who Art the Clown is. When I wear this, yeah. people know who that is. Which is amazing. Right? So I think that, you know, that and and something like Sam from the Trick or, Trick or Treat yep. franchise, like I think he would be on a similar level to that. Yep. They're both like right. in that tier right now. Right. And, so. Um, and I guess this is coming to, it's going to be a Screambox uh, only showing coming up as well, I think. October 26th. I could have the date wrong, but somewhere around there is when it's supposed to be on screen box. Nice. Awesome. Well, congratulations uh, to everyone who worked on that project because there's a lot of haters of Terrifier for some fucking reason. People feel the need to just hate films. Yeah. Like it's okay not to like something, but I really hate when people attack other people for liking movies like i just oh, find 100%. it ridiculous like, like like we're we're allowed to like what we like and like like what, what you like. Like. like and and be accepting of that like it's okay if someone doesn't like terrifier i don't i'm not offended by that but when someone tries to tell me that i like terrifier and that means i don't like anything else i'm like a ridiculous statement like why would yeah. you even make a crazy statement like that but anyway um the movie i'm gonna talk about is not that good so it's okay it won't be nearly <laughs> as long so the movie is called in isolation it's an 87 minute runtime i don't know it felt like an 18 hour runtime yeah. um during a small get together with her close friends for a birthday jane finds a seriously injured stranger on her no it's not that's not how it happens at all she decides <laughs> to help him and in doing so lures two killers killers after him and her after him to her country home this movie was so dumb. This movie tried to capitalize on the pandemic and it was mm. just really poorly executed. I don't recommend it at all. It's supposed to be a survival intrusion horror film and it's not good. I barely remember any of it because it just didn't stay with me. It is available on iTunes, Google, Voodoo, Microsoft Store, YouTube. I don't know. This is borderline life t- lifetime horror. So um, skip is my advice. I don't think anyone here is going to really be like, oh man so sad i missed in isolation so but if you are interested it is available for purchase on basically any of the regular 
offenders, YouTube, <laughs> Microsoft Store, you know, iTunes, Google Play, the same shit that you can buy stuff or rent stuff off of. Nice. Yeah, this one does not, that sounds like a skip for me. And plus, yeah, don't do it. And yeah. I actually am changing my tune on thing on this because uh, I know in the beginning of the year, I'm like, yeah, you were all about like, I don't want to see the pandemic stuff anymore. Like it's done and overplayed or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm all for it as long as it's done right. I am getting burnt out at it now. No, yeah, I, I'm... like do it well. If you're going to do it, fucking do it well. Don't fucking sandwich it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, well, well, we're we're gonna continue the downside a bit mm. here for the next film. Um, All right. So yeah, the next film is They Crawl Beneath. After an earthquake leaves Danny trapped and alone, his claustrophobic nightmare only gets worse when something truly horrifying emerges from the fissures in the ground, forcing him to engage in a brutal fight for his life and his sanity. Uh, this has got a runtime of ninety-one minutes. Uh, it felt about ninety-one minutes. One. <laughs> Well, I mean, eighteen I, hours. Yeah, so I didn't feel eighteen hours. Didn't feel like an hour. It was, you know, it felt the runtime. Which, you know, no problem there. Um, I watched this because I'm like, I am a sucker for creature features, and the cover looked interesting enough, and the synopsis sounded neat. Uh, this basically ends up being a survival horror, kind of like what we love with the whole being trapped in like an environment and then having to try to survive. And yeah, he gets he's literally trapped after an earthquake happens. And he's just trying to fight to survive. And then these weird parasitic looking giant worms start appearing. And while he's having to fend them off while also trying to just survive the situation he is in, it's got some decent moments to it. Um, It's all really uh, hard to see. Cause like, I'll admit, I watched this one on my phone at work. I had a hard time seeing this one. Like there mm -hmm. was, a, it was like a lot of it was shot in the dark. The cover makes you think it's going to be like in the daylight a lot, just cause it's out in the desert and the cover's all bright and yellow and stuff. It's not not like that at all. Um, the acting is fine. It this is just a fine movie. Like if you're just looking for something just easy to watch, it's easy to watch. It's nothing offensive, nothing yeah. great. It's not. I don't see it being on anyone's top five or anything or top ten or anything like that. It was just a simple survival horror creature feature. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it can be found on. Let's see where was it? Oh, Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, and Amazon Video. Do you recommend a rental price? Uh, I'd say like a 99 cent to $1.99 rental. Okay. Yeah. So low. <laughs> yeah. Very low. Okay. Uh, the one I'm going to talk about is Nick. Um, it's <laughs> oh, this is, the one, this is the one that was done by uh, the guy that did Sharknado, if I remember correctly. Is it really? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's a 94 minute runtime. D. Wallace is in it, who loses her fucking mind throughout this entire film. Like she's at a fucking... 130 throughout this I, I don't know if she's mentally well after watching the end of this movie I'm like <laughs> is this just her because I saw her in another movie and I she was also kind of like over the top in that one too so I just anyway props to D Wallace I'm glad that she's still getting work um and she is such a fucking sweetheart is she so well, oh. i'm glad to hear that i'm glad to hear that yeah so, I, i've met her like three different times and i keep going back to meet her just because i love talking to her she's just friendly cool that's very cool so 94 minute runtime this film don't be afraid it's nothing as a tagline when a mysterious entity manifests itself a family finds themselves on a scary dark journey into their own self-created madness this is not a bad film uh, it, it explores the concept of grief and guilt and anger very, very well. Um, it dabbles into addiction and, and reflects addiction really well. It's actually quite a serious film from the guy that created Sharknado. Like, it's a very, very serious tone. It runs the line of being very good to average. Um, 
I think if they had just maybe shortened it a little bit, I don't think it needed to be a full length film, 94 minutes. Um, I think if maybe the acting was just a little bit better at parts, maybe the writing, but it's not horrible, but it is a slow burn and it does advertise itself as a creature feature, but the creature is a representation of something else. Okay. Right. So it's, it's very much a movie. I find that this has been happening a lot. Movies that capitalize on grief and death and loss. And maybe that's because a lot of people lost people during the pandemic. That could be. And this is just a way that, you know, people are coping with it. Um, it's, it's a very interesting film. So if you'd like to kind of look at a character study on grief and loss and D Wallace kind of being at 130% the entire time, this might be a movie for you. Um, it is available on iTunes, Google, Vudu, YouTube, Microsoft store. I would say if what I described is what you're interested in, $299, $399 is suitable. If you are not interested in that, skip over this one. There's lots of other free movies that are out there or movies that are purchased that you will enjoy more going on hold on that's wrong on your computer i don't know if it's on your end my end or what but it was like it went all like weird computer noisy oh oh i think it might be i think it might be my headset sorry let me fix this here do okay better now hopefully well this movie is a bit like did you do you think it got what i said i think it did like because it was quiet so i don't think it was like it was just starting to like it was gonna get annoying if it continued Okay. Okay. Well, everybody, if you're not too annoyed yet, maybe check out Nick's if you think this is something that you would like. But uh, I guess, oh, the next one we both watched. We sure did. All right. I'll let you introduce it. All right. So the next one is uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. When a group of 20-somethings gets stuck in a remote mansion during a hurricane, a party game gone very, very wrong ends with a dead body on the ground and fake friends at every turn as they try to find the killer among them. Uh, I watched this one night just out of like, I was like, you know what? I've been hearing mixed reviews on this mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, I have a feeling this is going to be more up your uh, Heather and my alley. Like it's yeah, because I knew a lot of what people were complaining about. It was yeah. like the, you know, the Gen Z dialogue and stuff like that. And Heather and I are like, oh yeah, we're all for that. You know, cause mm-hmm. each generation needs their movies. And yeah. I fucking loved this. It was, <laughs> it was, fun. it was, it was it's funny. Really funny. It was funny as hell. It had me guessing at every turn, like trying to figure out who was. Oh like, yeah. Who. I had no idea who it was. Yeah. This played out like a, uh, uh, played out like a whodunit in a way of like knives out and stuff like that. Like, like it was like a modern day, obviously not the same as clue. Cause clues based yes. on a board game, but the idea that you really don't know who the killer is. Yeah, and right. it's done so well. And the dialogue is just fucking funny and nails the yeah. Gen Z dialogue. It obviously is over the top, like <laughs> oh, but, so over the top, and but it's, it's still fun great. of it. Like yeah, what I didn't understand when people like, oh man, it got so annoyed. I'm like, why? They were making fun of the fucking Gen Z. Like that's what they were doing. They were making fun of themselves. All the right. all that dialogue was a satire on boundaries and reflection and gaslighting. Like they were picking apart those terms and being funny with them yeah exactly you know and that's not a spoiler like it that's in the previews and that's just the and the group that's used right like there's satire their group and they're anyway it's funny i don't know it this is a funny film i think you just got to go in there and turn off your old man pants like take them off and stop being such grouch like this is this is just a funny modern day whodunit yeah and it totally like is like that gen z uh attitude of oh a hurricane's coming in let's throw a hurricane party yeah (laughs) i love it it it. was great it was it was so much fun like yeah i just 
everyone just did their character so fucking well. Was Pete this picked Davidson, up by A24? A24, was. right? Yeah, like, and I think that this is a good one for A24. It's actually more mainstream for A24, to be honest. Honestly, yeah. Right? So, I don't know. Pete Davidson's great in it. All the acting's oh. great in it. It's a great film. It's an easy watch. Like, the the 94 minutes goes by like that. It's a oh, quick it movie. Oh, it so does. Like, right? I was laughing. I was get, trying to guess. Like, it was just fun. Just This was just a fun fucking time, and actually maybe in my top 10. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And I, I feel like when people hit on this, like, hate on this film, they're just doing it to fucking hate on film. Like, that's fine. If you don't like, like it, that's cool. But, like, I don't know. I'm so tired of the dialogue. Oh, I don't like the dialogue. Oh, these characters are too vapid. Did you ever think that maybe it was supposed to be? <laughs> right. Like, like, they're supposed to be. Like, I am not watching 80s fucking slasher movie. Like, oh, these characters are so one dimensional. They want to do smoke weed and bang. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That was the point of those movies. I don't know. Poor fans are annoying. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's available. It. They are. Honestly, I've never, like, honestly, them and wrestling fans are just the hardest fucking people in the world to please. Oh, they are. And they're happy. They don't want to complain all the time. And, like, I'm not saying you can't not like a film, but, like, they're not like a film because a certain it focuses on a certain generation or a certain group. Like, oh, just because it's not your generation doesn't mean it's, like, bad and it's not good. It just means that you don't like it. Other people do. And it's right. not just made for you. Not every fucking horror movie is made just for you and your little special princess life. Anyway, um, Amazon is where you can rent it. iTunes, Google, I guess Amazon Canada and the United States and Cineplex for us here in Canada. I recommend any price. I think it's great. Oh, yeah. I think this is like one that should not be missed by the end of the year. Like right? At least give it a watch. It has a 3.6 rating on Letterboxd. So I think most of the people we know also found the comedy in it and the joy in it that came with it. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, I watched this 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 gem. Oh man, I got a lot to say on this one. Croc. Uncorked has returned. <laughs> I know. That's why I watched it. I'm like, oh, uncorked. And I was like, oh, uncorked. <laughs> oh, this is why we have your right. uncorked award. This movie is an 84-minute runtime. It's called Croc. Um, it's not safe to swim anywhere deep in the English countryside. Lisa and Charlie prepare for their wedding at the Tudor Mansion, but an angry crocodile. <laughs> rise and wait to ruin their big day um this movie starts off like a porn not gonna lie really yeah there's a pretty hot sex scene that's in the first five minutes that's probably the best part of this movie um and it just goes downhill from there the acting is dreadful um, <laughs> of course the 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 cgi crocodile is horrible hmm. um of course if you if you like movies like Sharknado or oh my god, you know what's gonna happen? Fucking Rob Humphrey's gonna listen to this and he's gonna be like, Oh honey, you talked about crack and I'm gonna watch it now and then I'm gonna send you a message saying that you said it was your number one movie of the year and I didn't like it. <laughs> he totally is gonna do that to you too. And now Honestly. You, well, now that you said that, he's really gonna do it to you. Oh, he's probably already fucking watching it. He's probably stopped this podcast and started watching Croc anyway um well the porn part probably turned him on to it too <laughs> right um he was like gotta, oh man gotta, gotta be careful with the words you say around rob right and he's like i'm like i work at a comic book store and i'm like 745 I mean, yeah, i'll watch that <laughs> i mean this is also the man that went and watched sharkula after hearing how much i fucking hated and said i know that movie and, and then, then he he's like why it's, yeah then he blamed me for it i'm like don't you blame me for this shit i warned you i know <laughs> rob's a problem that's all we can say here he is rob humphrey from it's this horror life you should listen to him on there to hear what kind of problem he is you can find it anywhere on spotify or any other streaming service so yeah this movie's not great i don't know if you like watching like really really fucking cheesy 
animal attack films and you're fine with really over the top stupid cgi sure um the porn part at the beginning is probably the hottest part of the movie the rest is just like ladies running around in like bridesmaid dresses and like good looking men running around in their tux and everyone dying from alligators or crocodiles it is available to rent on i don't know for some reason this turns your your crank um itunes google voodoo youtube and Redbox. oh no rob don't fucking watch it like i don't want to hear it rob i don't and for anyone else i don't know if you're a just don't tell me, okay? I don't need to hear <laughs> well, that you watched and you spent money on and you're disappointed. You will be disappointed. Well, Heather, all I got to say is I won't watch it unless you decide to say, hey, we should have a crocodile award. <laughs> then you know I'm going to watch it and I'm going to blame you. I'm sorry. You blamed me for Sharkula. <laughs> I did. I did. Because you made me watch all the shark I, movies. Absolutely. I said to you, Sharkula would definitely be a contender for shark movie of the year. You hey, better you watch- never know until you watch it. <laughs> Anyway, I suggest skipping over this one unless you really, really love bad CGI crocodiles. It is uh, called Croc! Exclamation point. I think I will watch it just for these porn in the beginning. Oh, man. Like, yeah, it's a pretty hot sex scene. I'm not going to lie. But, like, that's about it. Yeah, I'll watch that at home and put that on repeat. That scene. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Do it. He stops halfway to get a phone call, by the way. And she's like, "Ah, it's not funny. Nice. (laughs) That's kind of what Rob's gonna do, probably. That's what he does all the time. If it goes long uh, enough. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Rob. No, Scott loves you. That's <laughs> oh, so I will jump into what I watched. And this one is, I would say, like the it's kind of like that borderline horror. This would have fit in the what's mm. new category, but uh, since I have something else I wanted to really talk about there, I figured I'd add this here because I know most horror fans would dig this. Um, and that is Werewolf by Night, which was a Marvel movie, which shocked me when I heard that. Uh, it's only 55 minutes long, so it's a very quick, easy watch. Um, but it is the synopsis is, on a dark and somber night, a secret cabal of monster hunters emerge from the shadows and gather at the foreboding Bloodstone Temple following the death of their leader. In a strange and macabre memorial to the leader's life, the attendees are thrust into a mysterious and deadly competition for a powerful relic, a hunt that will ultimately bring them face-to-face with a dangerous monster. This film, I had so much fucking fun with this. Like, you know, I'll watch the Marvel movies. I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan, but I'm like the casual fan. I'll Mm -hmm. watch them. It's like... Mm -hmm. Like most of the time I'll watch them once they're released on VOD or whatever. Cause I'm mm-hmm. not like, unless it's something I like Spider-Man, that's the only one I'll go see in theater, but werewolf by night. I watched the trailer and I'm going, this looks really interesting. And it is done in the universal monsters filming style style. So it's very Gothic. It's black and white uh, has like the occasional like tiny splashes of color here and there just kind of accentuate certain things. Um, and it feels like an old school horror movie with like the added stuff of like Marvel in a way. Like it has like, cause Werewolf by Night, I believe was a one-off comic back in like the early eighties, maybe late seventies, somewhere around there. I could be wrong on the date, but it was like kind of like their Marvel's dive into horror comics a little bit. And I think this basically introduces to the cinematic universe of Marvel Blade and like people like Blade the vampire hunter and stuff like that because a lot of these hunters are like they do have like their martial arts skills they have like special abilities they can use for hunting monsters but the monster effects in this for the most part i believe are all practical uh some really cool appearances especially if you are a nerd of some of the old like obscure stuff from marvel there are some characters that show up and you're going oh no shit okay 
but it actually feels like I have a feeling Tim Davis has watched this and fucking loves it because for one, it has werewolf in the title and actually shows a real fucking werewolf. Tim has watched this and he didn't really like it. Really? He didn't give it a full Tim Davis. What did he give it? Mm, probably like a Rob Humphreys. <laughs> so a zero? Like I would say a five out of 10. <laughs> really? Okay. I think. Tim, you can correct me on that later. I, I listened to the most recent Horror for Dummies, and I don't think he loved it. Okay. Because he's a big werewolf person. Right. That's why, I, like, that, and he's always complaining about how there's no werewolves in, like, werewolf movies. And I don't think one... he dug this one. Okay. Interesting. I'll, well, the Horror for Dummies dropped today, so I'll be listening to that later. So I'll hear his thoughts then. And then correct uh, him. But I fucking love this. I thought it was just really fun. It was very easy. Went by super fast. Had a really cool werewolf in it. Had uh, some other cool monsters in it. And yeah, like the acting's, of course, really good. The special effects are amazing. And yeah, like I would even think, I think you would like this, Heather, because I know you're not a fan of Marvel. I think no. you would like this because you. I think you would appreciate what they went for with this because it's like, it does feel like an old gothic horror film. Probably, probably. It doesn't involve the fucking Marvel universe and... No, like, I don't even think they reference any of the characters from the other Marvel, like, in the Marvel Universe. God. Like, I don't think any of that's referenced at all. Like, it's, you could tell that it's like, okay, yeah, these are, like, superheroes in a way, but they're, like, yeah. not, like, not, like, Iron Man and shit like that. So, okay. but, no, it's, uh, it's, it's more werewolf movie than it is superhero movie, I would say. Okay. I and, respect the game. I respect the game. Yeah, and I and I love that they dropped this on Halloween and made it all gothic looking just to kind of add to that spooky season style. What, what season is it, Scott? Spoopy season. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, I definitely loved this. I think I gave it about an 8 out of 10. Like, super easy, fun. I had a fun time with it. Uh, and it's only available on Disney Plus, as far as I know. Okay, so Disney Plus, for all you people that subscribe to Disney Plus. Or that's where Hulu it's at. for, yeah, oh yeah, because you guys have, you don't have Hulu, you have Disney Plus there. That's right. Yes, yeah, so we have Disney Plus in Canada. Yeah. Disney you all don't everything. have Hulu. We don't got no Hulu. We don't got no Hulu. Well, I watched um, an excellent film, uh, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. <laughs> <laughs> Too, which Tim Davis also watched, and we had similar feelings on it. Um, because Tim and I are besties now, so yeah, death gives it life. <laughs> Forced to travel with her boyfriend uh, to a horror festival, Lainey begins to experience disturbing visions associated with the urban legend of the creeper. As the festival arrives and the blood soaked entertainment builds to be a frenzy, she becomes the center of it well something unearthly has been summoned i don't know this is a one out of one on letterbox i don't think it's that bad honestly i don't know the whole time though you know in the movie the second movie jeepers creepers like oh yeah loud, so i hear that every time i watch a jeepers creepers movie in the back of my head this is a jeepers creepers film you know i am not someone who loves the original i think the original is good in the sense that it's like a silly creature feature but it's not like an like oh man jeepers creepers goes down in history is one of the best horror films ever made you know so the bar is already like low i thought this was fine um yeah it's cheesy yeah there's some dumb cgi in it i disagree with tim i don't think majority of this was filmed on a blue screen they were on set for a lot of it so maybe 50 percent was in front of a blue screen but it's i don't know if you if you're a jeepers creepers creepers completist you can check it out um do i think you need to run out and rent it no <laughs> so if you could get it through other methods then maybe it would be a good check check out for you 
Um, if for some reason you are a Jeepers Creepers completist and you want to watch it, it is available on Vudu, Google, uh, Microsoft Store, and Amazon. I don't know. I would say a $2.99, $1.99 rental is fine, though it's probably not going to drop down to that for a while. Um, it's cheesy. I, apparently, this came to theaters in some places. Uh, did not That's kind of surprising. Here. Uh, but... I don't know. The Jeepers Creepers film. D. Wallace is in it at the beginning. Is she really? So, yeah, D. Wallace is in it at the beginning. I do like how they acknowledge that the other movies exist and they kind of like make reference to them. I do appreciate that. Like they don't pretend that this movie is, you know, an original concept. It's just re- rebirthing the lore is what they're trying to do here. So okay. I'll give them credit. They, they're they not trying to pretend like everything else didn't happen. It did. And there's a really cool horror festival that they go to filled with horror nerds that you and I would very much recognize. Um, they tried. They honestly tried. Scott, I would say, I don't know. I know you're not a big Jeepers Creepers fan, but like, as Tim Davis said, this is better than the third one. And I've seen the third one. Yeah, I avoided the third one. Um, You know, as I said, it's, it's, it's there. Yeah, I'll probably watch it at some point just because, once again, the completionist in me, I want to watch every, like, sequel slash reboot slash remake that comes yeah. out this year just because I want to have a category for that because, you know, we got one, but we're, we're about ready to talk about that. Oh, boy. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, yeah. Jeepers Creepers, if you're a completist, check it out. You can rent it on any of the typical suspects. Um, <laughs> why don't we get into this one? Because, like, oh, man, people mad about this bitch. Oh, and, boy. And while not as mad as they are about the last movie we'll talk about. No. no. Um, but, uh, but this one they were pretty pissed about, too. Yeah, this one's got mixed reviews, but uh, I see, I'm see i seeing way more positive than negative. So let's, yeah. let's dive into it. So we are talking about Hulu's exclusive, the new Hellraiser 2022, directed by David Bruckner. A young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box, unaware that its purpose to, is to summon the Cenobites a group of sadistic supernatural beings from another dimension. So I have been championing this since I seen, like, since I heard David Bruckner was attached, since I heard Mm -hmm. Jamie Clayton was going to play the hell priest and uh, started seeing images. And then when I seen the trailer drop, I'm like, oh, I fucking can't wait. This is going to be amazing. And I went into this, like my expectations were high. I was worried that my expectations might kind of ruin it for me. I am proud to say that, nope, my expectations were valid. This movie was fucking great. Booyah. Oh, I loved it. Like, it's a two-hour runtime. Yeah, it could have been cut down a little bit here and there. But, like, I, and, like, the main complaint I have heard is uh, people found it boring and didn't like any of the characters. And Tim and Daniel didn't think it was sexy enough. And I was saying that, yeah, and I was saying, I was listening to Fresh Cuts, and, uh, yeah, like, it's i think it was uh venom was saying that like yeah like you know it wasn't they went a different route with they didn't make it sexy this time around they made it just more about the other pleasures that are out there and not just sexual pleasure yeah and which is uh you know once again this is a reboot and i i like that they actually like went this route with it like i mean we've already had the snm daddies of the hellraiser franchise and this these guys are you know could be considered like in the snm spectrum with like what they do for pleasure and pain and mix it all together but they also offer more than just that they offer all sorts of power like one thing i love about this is they dive more into the lore of the lament configuration and what its different configurations mean for the person using it um because that was actually in the novella and that was never really focused on they kind of touched on it a little bit in the later franchises like in the later movies of the franchise but in this one they actually focused on like you know if you've 
change it this way, it'll give you power. If you change it yeah. this way, you'll get an audience with Leviathan. And like the I loved that they did that. And yeah, would I have wanted more Cenobites? Sure. But Hellraiser, yeah. the first Hellraiser didn't really have a lot of Cenobites in the first place. They were only on screen for a little bit. It was more a Frank Cotton story. Yeah. So, and it and it stressed on what a piece of shit he was and stuff yeah. like that, right? And I feel like that movie was shocking in the 80s. I feel yeah. like they went down a route with the sexual stuff that BDSM has been around for years, like yeah. hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Like, wasn't it that uh, the sod, the... Oh, uh, Marquis de Sade. Right? Like, we're talking like that. 1700s. Right? right? That we, that's recorded. That's recorded, yeah. right? So, you know, it's, uh, you know, coming to 2022, you need to make a movie if you want to connect with the modern day audience that fits. And to remake a, a shot by shot remake of the 1989 film, I don't think BDSM is that shocking in 2022 i think that's so way more acceptable now yeah and i think that that movie in 1989 it's 1989 that the first one was made right uh 87 i want to say 87 so i think that made sense for the time you know it flowed like an 80s film it was sexualized like some of the 80s films were then and it's to be honest with you very dialogue and relationship focused in terms of like frank and then kind of christy and the acting's a little over the top at times and really what people remember from the original hellraiser is pinhead yeah. and the cenobites and the practical effects of them that's what a lot of people probably pull away from and some of the intense gore that was in it um because the sex scenes were intensive but they weren't that intensive yeah like you know there's other movies that have done it more intense but i think what this one does is a modern take on addiction a modern take on different pleasures and i thought the modern pinhead was great i thought that she did a phenomenal job i thought she was creepy i thought that you know you can still like doug by doug bradley's version and you can still like jamie's version they're different they're for different yeah. movies right yeah i was gonna say like um that was one thing i wanted to really touch on too is jamie clayton Mwah! i want to see her as the hell priest going forward now yeah that's like, was great like i want more movies with her and her cenobites and the only thing i was going to be worried about until i heard the trailer was okay what are they going to do for her voice like because mm -hmm. her voice could make or break this character with how they do it her voice is unsettlingly creepy and kind of yeah. sexy in the same way and yeah. like yeah and like these cenobites i love the new look of these cenobites like yeah i thought the cenobites were it was modern i think yeah. what people are missing out here that you can still very much like the original hellraiser in this one on par like despite what some people seem to think in this fucking community you can like a reaptation and the original the same amount and it's mm -hmm. okay it doesn't change the value of doug bradley's performance it doesn't change the value of the the original hellraiser movie it's okay to like both exactly and, like and if you didn't like this one that's okay too like if it didn't connect with you and you didn't connect with the characters i thought the young lady who played the main role audius um ason ason i thought she was great riley i thought she portrayed yeah. somebody who you know i'm only giving the spoiler because i see daisy has watched it so i'm not as concerned um who played someone who has addiction quite well i think yeah. she, she did represent that and you learn that very early on in the film that she has an addiction and i think she represented that quite well i didn't see multiple things that were happening in this film coming there was multiple events and things that occurred that i went to predict it i didn't really know which direction this film was going to go down because it didn't retell the same story from the original hellraiser it was a new take on the hellbound heart it was a new take on the presentation of Pinhead. 
And I thought that she did a great job of, even though I know that the actor that played her, played Pinhead, represents a she, like, and identifies as she, I would put them as they. They didn't come across as a sex to me in that movie. Yeah, they were very right? androgynous. Right? So I, I don't know. I thought it was a great retelling. Good job. Hope to see more of this. And, you know, I've watched some of the later Hellraisers, and they're fine. They have their place in cinematic history. You know, CD Man doesn't affect me. I, think it's, a, you know, I think it's a funny, you know, Cenobite. But, like, I think this brought back fear into yes. the puzzle box. I think it brought back fear to the idea of being in such incredible pain and wanting to die because the pain is so intense. Like, I think this movie brought that back, and bravo. Bravo, yeah. Hellraiser 2022. And I got to say, like, uh, the set pieces in this were incredible. Like, the mansion and what, yeah. it, is, what it represents and is used for in the, like, third act. Dude, right? that was so good. And, yeah, like I was saying, like, one thing I wanted to say about the Cenobites, the look of them, how they just kind of foregone the whole leather BDSM yeah. look. They went with a more, uh, their flesh is their clothing. They It's peeled and stretched in different ways to represent their clothing. And it looks so good instead of being like all black and gothic no most of them are like pale and white which like is a new look for it and i love it it feels more ethereal or ethereal and yeah yeah, bravo like the only minor complaint i have and it's not even one that'll take that's like a not to get knock against it was i wish it did have a little more gore being a hellraiser film but you know what uh, it still gave me enough gore and it gave me enough creepiness and enough like visual shit to look at and the story was great I am very happy with how this played out. And yeah, listening to Fresh Cuts, it sounds like this is uh, one of Venom's one of Venom's uh, favorite films in his top five right now. He loved it that much. Which yeah, is awesome I, to hear. I agree I'm, with him. Yeah, it's in a top 10. Like, it's a great movie. And yeah, it could have been more gory. But you know what? You have the original go back and watch for the famous scene that we all know and love. Yeah, that is and, beyond gory. And right? to be like, fair, and to be fair, I did watch this the day after seeing Terrifier too, so I had my gore quota. <laughs> yeah, like you, you know, probably anything could have looked less gory at that. Exactly. Point, right. <laughs> but like I don't know. I I'm glad that most people are enjoying it because as as I said before, you can, and I will say it till I'm done podcasting. You can like remakes and the original. It honestly doesn't take away from anybody's performance. Other people can take on the role of a character and you can have your preference. You can say, oh, well, I prefer blah, blah's approach. Like, look how many people have played Jason and the debate on who's the best Jason fucking that comes out all the time. And that's like a character that wears a fucking hockey mask. Like, let's be realistic here. So like, you know, it's okay to have your preference, but like to go out and just hate on it and say, "I, I hate the attitude. It's untouchable. People can shove that up their fucking ass. Nothing is untouchable. This is called fucking media. This is called art. This is called making money. You just don't have to watch it. Like if for some reason it offends your great ancestors that someone remade a fucking movie, just don't watch it. (laughs) Problem solved. Like, I don't know. There's so many other things in this world to get upset about other than remakes. Um, 100%. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I guess we'll jump into the next one. Is it my turn? Uh, Yes, it's your turn to start it off. But we've both seen this. We've both seen this one. It's Deadstream, uh, which has led to a social media horror award that we will be giving out this year because there's been a lot of social media influence horror movies that have come out. There has. Uh, So this is a 87 minute runtime. It's a recent drop on Shudder. 
he's dying for followers is tagline a disgraced internet personality attempts to win back his followers by live streaming one night alone in a haunted house but when he accidentally pisses off a vengeful spirit his big comeback event becomes a real-time fight for his life it has a 3.4 rating on letterbox i see dave c hasn't watched it yet so i'm going to be careful with what we say here um look at this we're like catering to dave c now see that you have dave c the power he is the our power patron, over us right he has such trailers to show you us. are you are the z daddy right um i thought this was a really good found footage film i oh, think 100%. it's an example of low budget done well actually well low budget done exceptionally well um not a lot of money in this film and parts of it i was waiting for this community to shit on i was waiting for it i'm like scott and i watch stuff like this all the time and we appreciate the value that goes into this, but I find most people don't, and people are fucking loving this film. Yeah, and I'm thrilled. Yeah, this was one of the most. This is probably the most fun I've had watching a movie this year. Yeah. Um, and this totally feels like something to watch around the Halloween season. It doesn't obviously take place during Halloween or anything, but it just has that vibe to it. And the main character is a literally a disgraced YouTube personality. So. We know Luffy absolutely hates these types of personalities in movies because, you know, they're so over the top and annoying because that's how they really are in real life on YouTube and all that. And this guy plays that type of character to a fucking T. Joseph Winter. Joseph Winter. Yeah. He yeah did I think we should a- say his name because I think that, well, he also wrote VH, VHS 99. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, so, he probably, so he's got a story that he wrote in that then. So he wrote directed and acted in this oh i didn't realize he was the director too that's awesome so which typically you see in a film like this when it's just the one dude um makes sense and i think we will see a lot from joseph winter moving forward yeah i think so too um yeah this movie gave me the vibes of evil dead 2 mixed with hell house like it has a bit of comedy to it not as slapsticky as evil dead 2 but it definitely has some comedy to it and like just give me gave me that really creepy vibe of hell house where you're just exploring this old haunted house and shit's happening around you and it's fucked up and it's creepy it's funny and it's just so entertaining to watch like this was so much fun and yeah once again this is also like my top 10 is becoming tough now because there's a lot of movies that are like fighting for these spots now and this is one of them because this is this is one of my favorites that I've watched this in the last two weeks. I freaking loved it so much. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think this movie, I'm just looking through the the cast that's in it and him. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think you got to watch this film. It's very funny. It's very creepy. It's well done. You know, I'm, I'm happy to see people praising this. And as I said, Joseph Winters is involved in VHS 99. So let's see what you got, buddy. Yeah, looking forward to when that comes out. And we will see Melanie Stone, who is the female in this. Oh, yeah. VHS 99. Oh, okay, nice. So obviously there's a a connection there. So looking forward to seeing what they have to do in that one. Yeah, I am very excited because, yeah, this this will probably be something I'll rewatch before the end of uh, Halloween again, too, just because I had so much fun with it. Oh, I agree 100%. And I guess we can jump on to the next one that we both watched. Uh, oh, we sure can. <laughs> so the next one was a, I want to say, I'm thinking it was an MTV, like ran on TV type thing. I don't think there was oh, any yeah. like special release for it anywhere. No. Um, but it's called Cursed Friends. 
four <laughs> four friends wake on Halloween and realize the predict your future game they played in 2002 is coming true in disturbing ways. They must band together to help each other escape the wild fates that have turned their lives upside down. Now, where the last movie was a horror comedy, this is more comedy horror. Oh, yeah. This is like, pretty this funny. is heavy on the comedy. Like, this yeah, is very heavy. Like, this is what it rolls, like, it, it bases its thing on. And uh, it, one person I it stars a lot of recognizable faces, but uh, Will Arnett, Rob Riggle, uh, Harvey Gillian, who played. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Guillermo and what we do in the shadows TV show. What's also in werewolves within Yep. truth Can't. or dare. Yeah. Truth or dare. The other version that's on Netflix. Yep. Uh, stars uh, Kathy Griffin, Nikki Glazer, Joey Fatone, which is freaking hilarious. Um, oh man. Joey Fatone's fucking hilarious in this. Oh, like everyone did a great job. This is just straight up silly, funny, a lot of great, hilarious dialogue. I watched this first and I was like, oh my God, this is a movie Heather needs to see. This is her humor to a fucking T and the yeah. sound, she is going to absolutely love the soundtrack. Oh man, the soundtrack was hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> it was just like for every fucking 35 year old out there, here's a soundtrack for you. It was so funny. Yeah, it's literally everything that MTV was when we were growing up. Oh like, my god! The music god. they played and shit was from that generation, and it was hilarious. Like this movie's a comedy. It's comedy, like sprinkled in as a fucking scary movie, but it makes fun of a lot of shit. <laughs> There's one part where like this chick's in this guy's truck, and it's like a big souped-up truck, and he's like, "Well, you know what they say about men with big trucks?" And she's like, "No, I don't need to hear." He's like, "Well, you don't know what I'm gonna say." She's like, "Okay, fine." He's like, so "I have a small penis." <laughs> She's like, She's yeah, like, that's well, exactly you know, what you were gonna say. Like, it's just like shit like that. Like how it's delivered is just so fucking funny. Like you, this movie's a joke. It's just jokes throughout the entire thing. And I don't know. I, if you don't have a good sense of humor in the sense that you don't find satire like this funny, don't watch this movie because you're just gonna be disappointed. It's a comedy. It's an MTV making fun of like the early 2000s and you know the people that are now grown ups reflecting back on that. And Joey Fatone's just. <laughs> He's so silly. He's oh, he so is like, like he could. I could see him just staying in comedy now. Instead oh of, my like, god, doing anything music wise ever again. Honestly, like he's just his role in this. It's just so funny. Like, yeah, it's a funny movie. I don't know. Rent it. Rent it if you really like comedies and you like. I don't know. It's available on DirecTV. So if you're if you missed it on MTV, it's worth it. It's funny. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like I think I gave it like a six out of ten because like it's you know it was funny. I laughed my ass off at points, but like it was not like as funny to me as I knew it would be to Heather. Like oh, I was man, like, yeah. okay, for Heather's me, it was like a nine this. and a half out of ten. I was fucking <laughs> laughing the entire time. Like I was just like, it's so silly, but it, like it's silly. Yeah, it's, like it's over the top silly. I don't think it's gonna be on anyone's like top ten list, but no. I don't think it meant to be either. Their tagline's even like the scariest movie of the year on MTV. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like they're making fun of themselves. That's like they're great. making fun of it. So like you got to kind of just go in. It's like Studio 666. You know, like yeah. that wasn't supposed to be taken seriously either. So if you like Studio 666 and you like that kind of goofy shit, then you'll like this film. That's yeah, what well, I'll say, yeah, like, yeah, the comedy part of six, uh, Studio 666 for sure. Yeah, because like they're like over the top gore is more like. I yeah, there's no over. There's no real gore in this, but the comedy's funny. Yeah, now I'm trying to find. OK, there it is. Uh, so yeah, we'll move on to the next one, which is also more comedy and comedy to the fact comedy and the fact that it like uh as it was a movie that's a comedy but also comedy in the fact that this even got turned into a horror film yeah. and that is bring it on cheer or die so the bring it on franchise decided to take Rob a will like this one because there's teenage girls in it oh, oh. <laughs> 
Oh, Rob. Oh. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, Rob. That's wrong. Hey, he didn't, wait, didn't he say that's the best thing about the 90s or something? Like that? I forget what he said. Oh, like, the board of the 90s or something. Something along those lines. Yeah, it was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I got to say, well, I troll Rob and make fun of him for being a creeper, and he just, like, gives it right back. Which, oh, he never does. You know, you got to give credit to. The man is funny. Uh, but yeah, I am shocked that Bring It On decided to go, you know what? Let's make a slasher movie in our franchise. One well, night. they need to bring something back to the franchise. Right. I mean, well, do they though? Uh, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> they could have just let it die, but this is still Very true. <laughs> but uh, the let's see. So the tagline is bring on the thrills, bring on the kills, bring on the cheer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and when a cheer squad practices their routines on Halloween weekend in an abandoned school, they are picked off one by one by an unknown killer. Very simple plot, a plot that we've seen in many slasher films based in back in the 80s, except for not with like cheerleaders, but with like students going to an abandoned school or an abandoned place and getting picked off one by one. Um, you know, this has like your typical like bring it on style dialogue, uh, has some funny moments, has some cringy moments. It's um, for a slasher, there's it's all off screen kills, no gore, but at the same time, this was like PG 13, I think, and was played on TV or whatever. So, you know, it's what I expect. It's nothing great, nothing bad. It's pretty average, but at the same time, I was like, I just kind of have to watch this out of curiosity. It's no Tim Davis. It is no Tim Davis. This is, this is a sad Scott Crawford. <laughs> But no, this is, yeah, I, if you are just morbidly curious, like I was and watching the bring, like watching, bring it on, go to the horror realm, just a little bit, just dabble in it just a little bit, then I'd recommend, you know, checking it out, like for 99 cent, dollar 99 rental, you know, nothing, like I said, it went by quick. It was an easy watch. It just wasn't anything amazing, but I, you know, just something I still had to just watch because it was just like, this is weird. I have to see it. Well, and sometimes you just gotta see shit that's weird, right? Right. Especially in a franchise like that. It's like, what the hell? Okay, let's check it out. Well, we have another movie that Scott didn't like, but I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Grim Cuddy. And it's a 101 minute runtime. Uh, feed the Frenzy. A suburban teenage girl and her little brother must stop a terrifying internet meme brought to life by the hysteria of their parents. Um, this is available on Hulu and Disney Plus, uh, depending, of course, which country you live in. I really like the message behind this. I really thought it was really good in, I think we got a lot of helicopter parents in this world who feel the need to control everything kids do. And also, I am really fucking tired of older generations telling me that kids are always on their phone when I see them always on their fucking phone in restaurants. And I see them always on their fucking phone as well. Stop fucking telling teenagers there's always on their phones when you sit your fucking ass on the phone all day too. Enough. Everyone's on their fucking phone. We have the fucking World Wide Web apps, everything else at our fingertips. We're all addicted to technology, except for the handful of people that aren't. Yeah. So get off your fucking like high horse. Um, so I liked that about this movie because I'm really tired of it because probably because I work for a university. And when I tell people I do, they'll be like, oh, I'm really worried about this generation's social skills. They're always on the phone. I'm like, I'm actually more worried about the 50-year-olds that I see in the restaurant that don't talk to each other, just sit on their phones the entire time. And who believe everything they see on the internet. Right? Like how many, if I have to see one more meme about someone sticking fentanyl in kids' candies, like fucking logically think about this, people, honestly, or giving fucking edibles. No one likes your kids enough to spend $30 per package to give them some fucking edibles let me assure you 
Nobody. That's not yeah. a thing. Probably what happened is it probably happened once on accident way back in the day. And now everyone makes a big fucking deal out of it. I have a book called Fear, the culture of fear and what we're afraid of. Did you know that there has been poisoning of Halloween candy? Very few. All done by family members. Family members. The random stranger does not want to kill your kid with fentanyl, despite yeah. what you mean need to think. So I think this movie... For me, because that's such a bugaboo of mine that I'm so tired of people shitting on a generation for using their phones when I see them doing the exact same thing. I think this movie captured that well. I think it captured that we're all addicted to technology and that sometimes helicopter parenting makes a situation way worse than it needs to be. Um, And I thought it was clever. I don't think it's a great horror film. Let me make this very clear. This was more like a hour and 40 minute PSA to parents to stop being assholes <laughs> but and to like you know I'm not saying don't care about your kid I'm saying evaluate risks and call and think about stuff and and talk to your child and like I do agree with some of the messages but it's not a great horror film it's a very paint fine numbers like film you can kind of predict what's going to happen but I did like the message behind it I don't know Scott I know you didn't like it as much as I did all right so here's okay so Yes, I like the message behind it. Like, you know, it's a good idea, especially because what this is pretty much jumping on is the whole, uh, what was it, the Momo, Momo. fear back yeah. in the day, like that happened yeah. a couple years ago. And that's literally what this is, basically. This creature is basically Momo. But like, and I get it that this is like for, you know, helicopter parents and that it's like basing it on the generation that is out there now. And, you know, it's it's our generation that had kids. Yeah. But I'm just saying like the kids that the kids that are watching this stuff, though, it's the new generation. Um, And, you know, it's fine. The part like it's but this was this movie graded on me for an own personal thing that just like literally is like nails on a chalkboard to me Mm. is that is this woman they're not. Yeah. Well, this girl slash woman. The main character does videos and is obsessed with ASMR. And if you don't know what ASMR is, it is like an auditory sensory thing that is supposed to be calming and just like mellow you out. But it is the most goddamn annoying thing I have ever heard in my fucking life. Here's an example. Shit like that. Oh, that was relaxing. That's ASMR. Like it uses noises from everyday things. That's gonna be in the new Hellraiser sequel. It's just AMSR. That's how they torture people. Oh God, you're gonna be like, we have such sights. It is. Brandon and I were talking about it, and like, yeah, we both agree that it's like it just makes me like makes me like twitch and like makes my brain kind of short circuit when i hear it okay i see why people some people could you find that relaxing but i it annoyed me and it was used in this not a lot but enough to where it annoyed the shit out of me in the movie Fair enough and i will be adding a small clip from the newest beavis and butthead i shared it with heather and brandon and it's them watching an asmr video and i will share a small clip of that at the end of this part here because it's fucking funny as shit and it reminded me of that the whole time i was watching it but oh yeah, this movie was just it was fine. Yeah, it it's wasn't... not it's nothing special. Like it's more of a PSA. Yeah. I feel like this is more of a PSA of like, hey, use some fucking common sense when you go online. Right. And yeah, the parents <laughs> the parents made me roll my eyes so much, but that there are parents like that. 
the only there's a scene where the mom does something that i'm finally like fucking finally like fucking finally like so that i was fine with um like i don't feel this is going to be one that people need to run out and watch but if you're I don't know. I don't know. If you if you are, you know, also thought the Momo meme was dumb and that people were freaking out for nothing because I don't know, obviously like there's a scary shit I watched on the TV as kids and there's serious stuff that you get exposed to all the time. You just have conversations about it and do your best to navigate things. You can't control everything in your kid's life and nor should you. Right. Like they have to learn how to sort out information of what's real and what's not and all that other kind of stuff. And if a child is self-harming, then there's usually a bigger issue. It's not because a meme told them to, Yeah, you know, like, so anyway, uh, it is available on Disney plus and Hulu. It's not a strong recommend from either one of us, unless, as I said, you have a, a particularly interest in this. I don't know. Maybe you're writing a sociological paper on parenting and maybe this is a good movie to watch as part of like society's reflection. Yeah. Um, that I would say it's worth it for. So What is this, butthead? It's called ASMR. You know, this is a uh, this is actually kind of relaxing. You need to speak more quietly, Beavis. Yeah, sorry. This is kind of relaxing, butthead. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. It's putting me to sleep. It's a baby I kind of like talking like this, butthead. I think I'm gonna talk like this for the rest of my life. Oh yeah. yeah. I bet chicks like it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> hey, baby, would you like to come back to my place? I can talk even quieter than this. You won't even know I'm in the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beavis, you ruined everything. Oh, yeah, sorry. The next one you saw too, right, Scotty? 
Yes, I did. All right, I'll let you lead it in. All right. So the next one is one of the other Netflix exclusives that we were hinting at earlier that, you know, finally Netflix is bringing some good horror. I mean, there might be more out there that I just haven't watched yet. So like if there's any new 2022 horror that I haven't seen that someone likes, let me know. No, Scott, no. We watch a lot of movies. If we haven't seen it, it's not there. To be fair, I have not dived a lot into Netflix this year. I have. Okay. There's and trouble down that road, Scott. <laughs> trouble down that road. No, I'll go, go down that road. That road. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, the movie we're talking about is called Old People. A woman who's returned home with her two kids to attend her sister's wedding must suddenly defend their lives against older people, excuse me, older people on a killing spree. Very simplistic plot. Uh, was this Spanish? This was German. German. Okay. I couldn't, I wasn't sure on it, but uh, again, found... international horror on Netflix. Right. Again. Yeah. But yeah, I found this to be uh, very creepy in parts and like kind of upsetting with like what they were talking about and like the treatment of elderly people. And but at the same time, like it also had kind of a like, oh, this is kind of a cool, just scary horror film because old people are just basically children of children of the corning this entire town. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I will say this because less I think is more. I am not had a movie affect me as emotionally this year with the exception to take back the night as this one did. And the desperate hour was up there too. Um, this one was really where Scott will say a movie like he sat with him. And I'm always like, that's weird, Scott. Um, this sat with me. There's certain ones that will do that to each other. And, you know, that's me. This one really, 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 really affected me. Um a lot. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Um, I think that this is a must watch on Netflix. Yes. I think no matter who you are, what kind of horror you like, I have a hard time believing that you at least won't enjoy this film um, or like it. Uh, it's very a shame that only Scott, Tim and I have watched this so far out of all the people that we know. Uh, if you are a horror podcaster, rec- watch this movie. Uh, if you are a horror fan, watch this movie. It is a free watch on Netflix. It is German horror fucking done right. Um, watch it. Yeah, and it's watch one it. of the one <laughs> of the one of the best Netflix horrors this year. Uh, for me, it's one of it will it will be in my top five horror movies of this. Yeah, year. it's like because I know it affected you. It big will. Time. Yeah, for me yet again. But I think even as an objective film. This film needs to be watched. Yeah, this is definitely one to watch. Fresh for cuts, year. Venom. If you're still listening, Mike. If you're still listening, I suggest you cover this movie. Oh, I would love to hear their thoughts on this. I, yeah. I think a lot of people will skip over this because of the the title and the cover, and that will be a mistake. Yeah. So no, this is definitely film. a high recommend, like from both yeah. of us. I think out of all the movies we talked about, there's a couple that I highly recommend. This one is one that I recommend for everyone. This one, I think, Smile. Um, and Hellraisers are ones that we would probably recommend for everybody. When you get yeah. into horror comedies and stuff, you do get a little subjective with comedy, but I think those well, and three, Darkstream. And Darkstream, I think are ones that we strongly recommend. Um, but this is free on Netflix. If you have fucking Netflix, man, watch this yeah. movie. Yeah, because this is one that should not be missed. Yeah. I know, I know Heather loves it way like it affected her way more than it oh, yes. me, but I still really like this movie. Well, you gave it four stars. You obviously really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it, like you know, when I give four stars, it's saying that this is something I could rewatch a lot or yeah. something that affected me. But for me, it'd be, this one's a rewatch for sure. Absolutely. And uh, so yeah, we'll jump into the next one. Uh, the next one is a Shutter exclusive: uh, the return of the Italian maestro himself, Dario Argento, coming back for another giallo. Um, 
I will read the uh, tagline first. To wake up from this nightmare, you won't be able to open your eyes. Uh, the synopsis is, Diana, a high-class prostitute trying to escape from a serial killer, suffers a car accident that leaves her blind and kills the family of Chin, a 10-year-old little boy. Um, and there ends up being like this uh, stalker, jalo-wise black love killer, stalking, stalking her and like anybody she knows. Uh, yeah, this is this was an easy watch. It's only 86 minutes. It goes by fucking quick. The opening like 10 minutes is totally fucking Argento with like like the gore and everything like that that happens in it. And then it kind of meanders a little bit where it's just like very paint by numbers. Like mm. you can see where it's going. Um, but at the same time, easy watch. I had fun with it. It's not a bad movie at all. It's uh I wanted more for Argento's return, mm. but at the same time, I think he's like 80 something years old and directing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, uh, Asia Argento, his daughter stars in this as well, which is cool to see her return. Um, but yeah, like I, I figure, you know, if you're a fan of Giallo, a fan of Argento or just a fan of Italian films in general, it's worth watching. Cause I think this is definitely better than some of Gen Argento's uh, later entries in his directorial life. And it's uh, like, and it's just a nice return to the giallo that we, because we don't get giallos very much anymore, very rarely. So it's cool to see one come out and it's a Shutter exclusive. I watched this when they did like a special screening at like 10 o'clock or something like that on a Friday night. Uh, apparently it is now available on Shutter for everybody to watch, but it was out early, like two weeks early or something like that. But yeah, um, I'd say this is you know, simple, simple plot, but definitely has the styling of Argento shot really well. And, you know, just has that good old giallo feel to it. It's, it's, it's fun enough to watch. Like, I don't know if you would like it at all, Heather, because I know you're not a fan. I'm not of a big, yeah, I'm not a big, I like gelato, but I'm not yeah. a big fan of giallos. <laughs> I'm not. And you know what? Hey, people dig them fucking ruck on, man. Like they're not right. bad movies. They're just not for me. Exactly. That's right. why I'm saying, that's why I told you, I'm like, I don't think you need to watch this because it yeah. won't, it's not going to it make won't it do anything for, for me. It yeah. won't like, it'll be fine. And I'll appreciate it for what it is. And I'm glad I've watched a lot of Dario Agento stuff, but I'm not a Dario Agento fan. doesn't mean it's not good films because as right. an objective mature horror fan, I can sit back and say, that's not for me, but I can see why other people would like it. Exactly. I move about my day. Right. People <laughs> like what they like. Right. And you know what? If it doesn't work for me, it doesn't mean it's shitty. It just means it's not my thing. Exactly. Right? We can all have our own choices on things. We sure can. Uh, but I will say she, this next movie sucks. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't even know what the fuck was going on in this film. The worst part is I messaged Scott to be like, oh man, because I didn't think he watched this. And I was like, have you seen She Will? Like, I'm like, She Will. Like, what's this new fucking movie on Shutter? I don't get what's going on. He's like, oh no, I didn't get what's going on either. So why didn't even talk about it? I'm like, oh, okay, good. So anyway, uh, both Scott and I watched She Will which is the most recent Shutter exclusive. It's a 95-minute yeah. runtime of confusion. I'm um, going to check something, because I, I don't know if it's on Shutter for us. It might be a Canadian Oh, it's on release. Shutter for me. Yeah, so let's, I'll look real fast. It's on AMC for you. Oh, yeah, it is on Shutter. Okay. Is it on Shutter for you? Okay. Um, this is a 2.9 rating. Uh, Veronica, an aging film star, retreats to the Scottish countryside with her news, nurse, Desi, to recover from a double mastectomy well there a mysterious force gives veronica the power to enact revenge within her dreams um yeah i get it she uh she kind of gets her revenge on some pieces of shit um that's cool that's a cool part of it uh there's a lot of like uh supernatural shit that happens but i found it uh for me very slow kind of boring yeah tough and to get through 
but hey, you know what? If you dug this film, rock on. Um, Sandra gave it three and a half stars. I don't think that's wrong. I just think it wasn't for me. Yeah, I was going to say, I watched this way earlier. I think I found it on one of our good friends' Plex accounts. Mm. And I was just kind of curious because I was like, oh, the cover art looks interesting. And I've seen a few people had rated it already. So I was like, all right, I'll watch it. I think I made one thing I made the mistake. One mistake I made was I decided to watch this at work, mm. where this is one of those films where yeah. you definitely need you gotta to be pay. like on yeah, you, the screen. The yeah, you got to be yeah. focused the entire time. Yeah. So I had like, so it's, it makes me feel better to know Heather, who watched it way more focused, still had no idea what was going on. So it makes me not feel bad that I had no idea what the fuck was going on because I watched it and like literally the next day, I don't remember it. I didn't remember a damn thing about it. Like I was just confused. I didn't know what happened. I didn't remember anything about it. So yeah. I was like, meh. That's why I never brought it up on the show because I was just like, I have nothing to talk about here. I, I got that, like, like I understood the concept of like, Oh, you know, it's um, she's getting revenge at points of things that happened, but I didn't quite get how she was able to do what she did. Anyway, Sandra Kane, like this film, Sandra probably is smarter and knows what's going on. So listen True. to Cemetery Gates podcast that you can find, and Sandra will tell you how it works because Scotty and I are just simpletons. We are, and we just, we we're, we're in our simple little bubble. We just like movies that are simple and that simple, make us simple movies. We're simple. And now, anyway, it's on Shutter. Thanks. People are interested, so go to Shutter. She will most recent dropped on Shutter. But now we have our feature presentation. The creme de la creme of our 2022 and only watches. Scott has watched it because I just haven't had a chance to make it to the theater. A, I'm not the biggest Halloween fan just to give this. You oh, know, you spoiled it. it. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I'm yeah. not. But I haven't been in a rush, but Scotty watched it. So, Scotty. All right. So, yep. I uh, watched Halloween Ends. Uh, like the majority of our horror community out there. Like everybody else but me. Yeah. <laughs> Heather is the only one, and I have a feeling her thoughts are going to be along the lines of Brandon, me, Dave Z, and Christian. Christian yeah. Yep, I have a feeling we're all we're all in that group, which is a which is a minority group at this point on the, on this topic, to say the least. Uh, synopsis: Four years after the events of Halloween in 2018, Lori has decided to liberate herself from fear and rage and embrace life. But when a young man is accused of killing a boy he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that will force Lori to confront the evil she can't control once and for all. Um, so I don't want to get into too many spoilers on this because it's obviously still new. I know a lot of people have already seen it. I fucking loved this movie. This is the fourth best Halloween film in the franchise to me. Like, I thought what they did they did something completely different and out of left field to the point where it has pissed off so many hardcore halloween fans mm -hmm. and i love that they went they decided to go for something different and they swung for the fences and they fucking hit a home run for me they this talks about how there are varying levels of trauma and how people deal with that particular trauma they're each enduring uh how has Halloween Kills shown how the town of Haddonfield deals with the trauma of Michael Myers? How, like, this is just, it's a almost two hour long runtime. I was glued to the screen, barely even touched my phone. Like, I was sucked in. And I thought, like, what they did for this was awesome. I can see why people were very upset because the trailer mm -hmm. is very, very, very misleading. 
mm-hmm. um, which also I fucking love because I lo- <laughs> I love when you go in expecting something and it's not that. Uh, thank you, trailers. <laughs> um, but this I will tell I will say this, and Dave Z also pointed this out. This uh, Halloween ends for this trilogy is Halloween three season of the witch for the original trilogy. It goes for something completely different, but in the comparison of it is even so apt that Dave Z had pointed it out. And then I noticed it when I watched that the Halloween ends and Halloween three season of the witch title cards are the exact same font and the exact same colors. So David Gordon Green knew exactly what he was doing when he made this. He was making his season of the witch. And he knew that going into this right off the bat. Yeah, there are still the member berries of things here and there throughout, because, you know, that's what this trilogy has been about for a lot of it was a lot of member this, member that. Not I as, remember. I will say not as bad as the last two movies, though. I think they got a lot of the member berries out of the way in those two movies and just sprinkled in a tiny few here that weren't annoying. Um, this one, I just feel delivers on all levels and gives me something different for this franchise that has ran stale for me. Like, cause it's been the same old, same old stabby, stabby, slashy, slashy, Mikey Myers getting revenge, hunting down, blah, blah, blah. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> crap. I, I was, if I was going into this with very low expectations. Cause I'm like, all right, another Halloween movie. Let's see what they got. And nope, this was more a deep character study for three people. And I love that. It was great. Um, and yeah, I don't want to get into any more because it's spoiler heavy, but like, holy shit, do I have some thoughts and this movie, like this movie was great. I fucking loved it. So whenever Heather finally watches it, we will have to maybe do a, uh, spoiler filled, uh, review section in our out of the dark about it. We're going to piss off everybody. Oh, I've already been trolling like a motherfucker. Yeah. Cause I'll <laughs> be like, I don't think it was that bad. But someone who knows me already kind of called that. Um, Mike yep. Merriman from Fresh Cuts was like, Heather is not a traditionalist. She will not care. And it's true. I don't. Yep. Like, I'm not someone who's like, oh, I need to be like this in order for it to be good. No, I don't care. I don't give a shit what they do with this franchise. Um, different is good to me. Um, yeah, so, you yeah. and I are both very similar in that. Like, I have some stuff that I like the traditions of, but like when it comes to this franchise and other franchises, like I want you to do something different. Show me something different and unique. Show me. Show me. I mean, because and uh, Bill Castanelli also loved this. So he's also in the group that we're in. And he said that uh, in five years, this will be touted with love, just like Halloween end, or Halloween three season of the witch. Oh, he's, he's like guaranteed. Right. He's probably right. People just got to get over themselves. Yep. Um, anyway, that's the end of our watches and the end of our podcast. Just kidding. Uh, thank you for sitting with us for an hour and a half as we covered what we've been watching. The rest of the show will probably be fairly short. Yeah. Um, older watches. I'll do make this quick. I watched the entity 1982 Barbara Hershey. Um, Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, she's over the top. She's at a fucking billion and points throughout this entire thing. It is a very dark film. I finally got the cunt line that Scott's talked about. Welcome um, home, cunt. <laughs> I, I, I will say this movie would not be in as good if Barbie Hershey, Barbara Hershey was not the star. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sold this film. She sold the act. She sold She sold her possession character, whatever, very, very well. Um, great for a 1982 film. Very good ghost story. I'm glad I checked it out. Um, would I rewatch it? Probably not. Uh, but it was very interesting. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I've watched it and it was a bit heavy for me. It's something that like a topic that I do not want to ever revisit when I watch movies because, mm-hmm. you know, it's about an entity raping, raping a woman. And I have to say it was effective when I watched it. Probably was really effective at the time it was released and the special effects were really cool. I mean, sounds kind of weird to focus on this part, but like there was the special effects where it's like zoomed in on Hershey, Barbara Hershey's breasts and you yeah. see like the invisible entity squeezing her breasts and you see her breasts actually moving and stuff. And that effect is really cool. Like, yeah, I'm not saying really it because well it's breasts, but it's just because of how it's done. It's really yeah. neat. Yeah. Like, but yeah, like this and, that, and then that, yeah, that ending line just gave me shivers down my spine when I heard that. It was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's disturbing for sure. Um, and you watched a new one. Uh, yeah, I oh, did. Um, a well, new older watch. Yeah, um, this is uh, this is something I will also be talking about in the uh, what's new segment, but I'll just talk about the movie itself. So I watched Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, directed by Canadian favorite Bob Clark. Oh, Bob Clark. Um, you're invited to Orville's coming out party. It'll be a scream. Yours. <laughs> Six actors go to a graveyard on a remote island to act out a necromantic ritual. The ritual works, and soon the dead are walking about and chowing down on human flesh. I love that synopsis. <laughs> this was uh, made in 1972, so I think it was before Black Christmas came out. Um, I I had so much fun with this. Like the characters in it are funny. Like the dialogue, it goes for probably about I'd say because the runtime's 86 minutes. I'd say it goes about. 50 minutes or so before any true horror actually happens and it's just very dialogue and character heavy with all these characters like going to this special place and like the dialogue is just very cheesy and funny and just entertaining kind of gave me that vibe of like characters that you see in some of your favorite 80s slashers with that like rapport they have back and forth it was very just entertaining and fun and then when the horror, like at first I'm thinking, what, is there not going to be any horror? Because, I mean, if not, I'm not going to complain because this is still very entertaining. Then the horror actually happens. And holy shit, this could have been a damn, this could have been a prequel to freaking Lucio Falci's zombie. The way oh, it played. Nice. Like, it's not like, it's not extremely gory like Falci's stuff, but like, it just kind of feels like this could have been the prequel to like the sailboat that is found in the beginning of uh, Falci's zombie where the zombie is on board it. Because like zombies basically get on top of the sailboard, uh, sailboat and float away later on at the end of this movie. But man, I had fun with this. It was, I it was one that I had not like. It's not been on my radar. I mean, I've heard of it, blah blah blah, but it's not something I've always was wanting to check out. But I'm glad that I got to see this because it was very entertaining. Nice. And yeah, now I've kind of uh, filling out the more of the Bob Clark horror because there's not much there. So I'm glad. I think I've filled it out now. That's awesome. Um. So for terms of what's new, Scott and I both engaged in a special event yesterday. Yeah, we um, did. <laughs> I went on a ghost tour. I uh, went with the ghost walk company that I had gone with before for the trolley tour and also for the same ghost walk tour that, um, well, not same tour, different tour, but that Scott will be coming up to do with me when we he comes up on the 28th. We'll be doing a ghost walk of downtown Hamilton. Uh, but this one was a Dundurn Castle ghost and bus tour. So it was a bus tour driving around Hamilton and one of the stops we went to was a f- old insane asylum that's been deemed a historical building so they can't tear it down. And this is the stuff that fucking found footage nightmare films are made out of. Oh, no We shit. pulled up to this building and I was like, and no, <laughs> and no. Love it. And uh, I like to drive by it now, please. No, nope, we're good. We're good. Nope. 
no, do I, no, there was no, and then because security is so tight around it, because people try to break in all the time and, you know, run around it and probably create found footage films. Uh, they're probably like watch Grave Encounters and thought this is their chance to make another Canadian found footage classic. This building is like what you would think of in any old looking house fucking asylum. So back in the 1800s to 19, early 19th century is when this was used. And the fear in, it was up on a hill. So how it's located, how Hamilton works is it escalates up what they call the mountain, but it's just a very, very steep up climb to a, a large, large hill that a city, a lot of cities have. They have that kind of split cut. And the, the joke was be careful how you act in public because you could end up in the mansion on the hill. Hmm. And they performed lobotomies, shock therapy, all of that very inappropriate ways that we used to treat mental health in this building. And there were many ghost stories that were told about security guards hearing voices, seeing figures, having figures talk to them. Uh, very, very creepy. This building was like fucking terrifying. Found out uh, Vincent Price lived in Hamilton, Ontario at some point. No shit. He recorded for a year a series called The Hilarious House of Frankenstein. Oh, I've heard that. Of that. was filmed in downtown Hamilton at our studio, CHCH. And I'm going to try to find his house that he lived in on Ancaster. What? You didn't know that? No, that is awesome. Yeah, it was. So we went by the studio where it was filmed last night. Um, so yeah, so that was filmed in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So that's just an example of some of the stuff we learned on this tour, among other things. Uh, we also did the tour of Dundurn Castle. So what Dundurn Castle did was talked about during the Victorian era and how they grieved. So Sir Alec McNabb, who was the, the loyalist of the, of the home died, so did his wife and so did his mother. And it went over how the grieving process was. So that was more historical than creepy. Like, um, though I had a ghostly experience at Dundurn Castle that I will share briefly before we move on to Scott's experience. So for 45 minutes, we had a chance to tour the downstairs, which was like the drawing room, the dining room, the library the private quarters, the servants' quarters, and upstairs where all the bedrooms were, <laughs> as well as the sick room, which is where the lady of the house passed away. Um, and it was dimmed. You know, they went over what morning would look like that they would put black cloths over the mirror because they were worried that if um, something about the reflection, like until the spirit had left the house and the period of mourning was over, the spirit could be caught in the mirror. Also, that then they took the bodies out of the houses, they would go feet first, so they would not take a bot another spirit with them. Very, very interesting folklore during the uh, the Victorian era. So Scott's been to the outside of this place. He hasn't mm -hmm. been inside, but he's been to the outside of it. So the final story I'll tell. So they're telling ghost stories that have happened to um, you know, tour guides and stuff. And like it's all very hush-hush. They don't usually want to promote it. So at the end of the courtyard was the final part where they tell ghost stories. I called the gentleman over and I said, I have a story to share with you if you want to include it as part of your tour. So about 12 years ago, I took my ex-boyfriend at the time to Dundurn Castle for a tour. It was a Saturday afternoon and we were the last tour group of the day. There was only the two of us. It was a very quiet day in April. So we had two people working. There was a tour guide and the person at the front desk selling the tickets. So the tour guide took us around 
And as we went from room to room, uh, he would kind of shut up behind him, right? Because like he obviously wasn't going to come back upstairs. We were the last tour group. He wanted to make sure everything was kind of closed up. So there's a bell system that runs through the house. All the rooms are connected through bells and the bells would have different tones depending on, you know, what elitist member would like ring the bell, the servants would know which room to go to. So we finish off in the kitchen, which is in the basement and we're coming up the stairs. And I said, oh, you know, I've heard that there's ghost stuff. He's like, oh no, nothing's ever happened here. Nothing's ever happened when I've been working. I think that's a whole bunch of hogwash, right? Basically. So we get to the main area and we're about to depart. And all of a sudden, the bell starts going off. And I'm not talking like a couple of rings. I'm talking ding, 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 ding. We were the only three people in the house. We had just, and it was coming from the kitchen. We had just left the kitchen, walked up these steep stairs, and we're in the lobby. The tour guide looked at us, kind of like face went white a little bit, said, So I guess that's the end of the tour. And we're like, Yep, I guess it is. Wow in the building so who knows maybe someone was playing a prank or there was something else that's so yeah so you never know right maybe there was someone else in the house maybe there was you know maybe the ticket taker snuck downstairs heard us talking and rang the bell who knows right right um but yeah so i shared that story so it was excellent the cost of this tour was 32 dollars a person it was two hours and it was well worth it. I brought my parents with me. Oh, they nice. loved it. Yeah. So it was my dad's birthday gift. Um, part of his birthday gift. I then took them out for drinks afterwards. So it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really informative. I really impressed with the Charlie one I took earlier this summer. So Scotty, I think you're really going to love the walking one that we do. I'm um, looking forward to it because I've never been yeah. on a ghost tour. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Yeah. So that was my night last night. All right. So my night last night for, well, my day and night last yesterday for spooky season, I ended up doing the 12 hour horror movie invasion at the historic Howell theater, which this theater may sound familiar to some of y'all that have listened to us talk about it before. Cause this is the theater that Heather and I went to, to go see gremlins and left before black Christmas. Cause the heat wasn't working, mm-hmm. but it was, it's uh, the first time we had met in person and we went there the next day after she came to visit. Um, but I have never been to a horror movie marathon before. Like I've always wanted to, I've heard the historic Howell theater always did one around this time of year. And they had made a post earlier this month, uh, earlier last month saying they were going to do one. So I was like, Oh, hell yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to go, but I am going to make sure to mark this and remember it. And it was for $48. You get six movies plus a secret movie, unlimited fountain drink, unlimited popcorn. And then during lunch, you would get uh, $2 slices of pizza. And then they give you a hour and a half break for dinner around 7 p.m. to go to one of the restaurants in the historic area. Obviously, you got to pay separately for that. But for $48, I'm like, shit, that's good deal. Seven movies for $48. Like you can't even, that's a great deal. The movies they played, I will look at them real quick here. Uh, The movies they played in order were Cabin Fever, because it was the 20 year reunion or anniversary. Creep Show, which was, I think, the 40th anniversary. Basket Case. Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. So that's how I got to watch that movie for the first time. Nice. Pieces. The Beyond and the secret movie, all of us have been trying to guess throughout the day and we were all talking outside and stuff like that between movies. And we're thinking, some of us were thinking, okay, it's going to be a Halloween themed movie. So maybe like Night of the Demons or since there's a lot of Italian films in this, maybe Demons itself. 
and some of us were thinking like me, we're thinking newer. So I was thinking, oh, well, since Halloween Ends came out this weekend, they'll play Halloween Ends or maybe Terrifier 2 because that theater also held the screening for Terrifier 2. And the surprise movie was two options. You could either stay in the theater that we've been in the entire day and watch Brain Peter Jackson's Brain Dead, Dead Alive, or go to the theater next to us and watch Halloween Ends. And half of the group ended up going to go see Halloween ends. And the other half was like, fuck that. We're going to fucking dead alive on the big screen. Fuck yes. That's amazing. So this was a fucking blast. Like the only movie on this list I had not seen was children shouldn't play with dead things. Everything else I had watched at one time or another cabin fever. It'd been a long time since I rewatched it. Fuck. That movie is so much fun. I had a a blast with it. Um, Creep show. Just amazing to be able to see that on the big screen basket case wild to see that on the big screen totally (laughs) and yeah like uh pieces of pieces actually was i think the crowd favorite because i'd say a good two-thirds of us had not seen the movie and only one third of us had and the crowd reaction was amazing people were laughing their asses off at the ridiculous dialogue and silliness that was going on and then being freaked out by a lot of the kills that were going on because you know it's over the top in both ways that's and cool. yeah, I had not expected the crowd reaction to be like that, but that was like the biggest crowd reaction. And then the beyond was, I think, a lot, left a lot of people really confused because, you know, that movie's confusing. Yeah, <laughs> but it is. But it was still cool to see on the big screen. And then, yeah, Dead Alive. Yeah, we were all just having a blast with that. Like um, they had set up the theater with decorations. So there was like cardboard cutouts of different horror movie icons and stuff like that around. There was a guy presenting each movie. He was a screenwriter. Uh, he write he does comic books and he does like independent <laughs> independent films and he is also a uh, uh, documentarian I think it was on exploitation grindhouse and horror of the eighties and nineties. Nice. So yeah, he had a lot of knowledge. They were doing uh, trivia questions for each movie, so like the trivia questions would be based on Cabin Fever or based on yeah. Creepshow, and it'd be before each and every one of the movies. That's cool. Uh, I got I got one of the trivia trivia questions right on uh, Cabin Fever, and it was the question, "Who plays the character Grim?" And Grim is my favorite character in that movie, and that is Eli Roth, the fucking skater dude. I just he's in it for such a small amount of time, but I fucking love him in that movie. Um, but then the and I ended up getting like a pin for the theater. It was like the theater logo and all that. So nothing extravagant there, but yeah, like the, the fun. Yeah, the prizes kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger as the nice. night progressed. Um, I ended up winning the trivia question for Creep Show and won a historic Howell Theater T-shirt. Um, but the question was, what movie prop was used in every single story of Creep Show? And of course, us horror fucking podcasting nerds would know that, especially the big right. fans of Creep Show. It was the Marvel ashtray. I got that one right. Got that. Got the T-shirt for that. Unfortunately, the T-shirt is a large. I wear X large, but I still am going to keep it as a souvenir. But then they did like uh, record vinyls that were uh, cut out in like images of movies, and it was a clock. Fun. They were passing, giving those out. They gave away a full-size theater poster of Halloween ends. They gave away movies. They gave away all sorts of cool stuff. And yeah, I didn't do good on the other trivia questions because it was a lot of stuff I didn't know about with like the Italian films. Um, but still, a lot of fun. Great group of people. I ended up running into my buddies, Ray and Holly, and got to hang out with them for a little bit. They bounced a little early because like the it was uncomfortable for them sitting for so long and they had a long drive, so they just took off. And yeah, I'll admit those theater seats are not the most comfortable because it is an old school theater. So like I had to get up and walk around every so often just because my back was annoying me. 
but yeah, this was a fucking experience, a wonderful time. And you could tell that, you know, there were a lot of big fans of the, of horror at this theater and like, yeah, just amazing time all around. I am so going to try doing this every year now. That's amazing. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. I, I didn't know if I'd be able to sit through all seven movies, but 12 hour horror movie marathon went for 14 and a half hours by the time it was done. That's insane to me. That's a long day. You know That's what I mean? That's a lot of movies. <laughs> it is. But as we can see, Scott and I, we just don't talk about Halloween and spooky season. We fucking live it. We are. We are spooky season. <laughs> so thank you for sticking with us for this very long, what we've been watching and what we've been up to. Uh Something to look forward to is we will talk about some South African horror, which was quite interesting. Uh, we will only be doing two movies moving forward for our main topic um, for timing wise. A lot of people care about new releases. So we're just focusing on that and then choosing two gemstone movies that are hopefully good. Um, and we have a very special out of the dark segment for all you Halloween fanboy, fangirl, fan persons, fan pups, fan cats, fan, fan people. Fan people, fan elephants, fan whoever you are, and whatever you fan unicorns. Mm, I love to love to be a unicorn. I am a unicorn. You're a unicorn, actually. Uh, we will be doing a very special ranking of our Halloween films, and we can't wait to piss everybody off. Yeah. Uh, hashtag goals is to make everybody hashtag, mad. Hashtag trolling my life. Like no one ever, like no one gets more mad than when you rank franchise movies. Uh, I can't believe we don't make Halloween whatever over Halloween this. And I can't wait to make Rob Humphrey disappointed <sighs> in my ranking. I actually take great joy in his pain as it comes to the ranking of Halloween films. So every time a Halloween fanboy cries, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> and I love it. There will be much crying. Oh, yes. And, and no. out, out of the dark segment. So buckle up, Buttercup. No tears, please. Such a waste of good suffering. <laughs> That's the new Hellraiser film. It's Jay, what is it? AMSR? ASMR. And us torturing Halloween fans with our rankings. <laughs> new fucking Hellraiser 2024 brought to you by Friday Nightmares. So that is what you have to look forward to. So stay with us. After these messages from a wonderful Legion podcast friend of ours, we'll be right back. Cha-cha. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about some South African horror films. Uh, just to be clear, South Africa is a country in Africa. <laughs> We're not talking Wait, about all of Africa. Not, 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 not Africa? No, no. Africa is a continent, Scott. <laughs> Geography here on Friday Night Fairs. Um, so we're, we've only chose two movies to discuss, as we talked about before. Uh, both movies are rich in folklore, fairly recent, uh, available uh, several different sources that you can watch these on, I believe. I do think the second one's on Shutter was last year. Um, yep. I think it still when, is. So, and both of them are on Tubi right now. Yeah, both of them are on Tubi. So, uh, why don't we start with the first one, Scotty? All right. So, the first movie we are going to be talking about is the Tokoloshi. Uh, initial release was July thirteenth, twenty 
2018. A destitute woman lands a job as a cleaner at a rundown hospital in the heart of Johannesburg. While there, she discovers an abandoned young girl who believes she is being tormented by a supernatural force. Um, so this movie, man, uh, this is an uncorked film. Uh, one of the it better sure is it is but i'll say it's one of the better produced ones i will say mm-hmm. that well made well acted um one thing that we've noticed with at least the two south african films we chose is that it's part english and part i don't know the exact language no they... i don't know the language either if anyone does please share it to our facebook page like i forget I the name of it i think it starts with a z but i can't remember the name i of think there's well and there's also multiple dialogues in south africa right so yeah. i think it's whatever the most common one is um but scott and i are white and we don't know but at least we know south africa is a country exactly hey but, uh, can't win we... them all exactly we, we do we do what we can you know we, we don't do what do we can with our white privilege so yeah. you know <laughs> but uh with this with these two films we noticed that yeah they do like half english half uh the language they speak yeah unfortunately it does not seem like these south african films have subtitles for when they're speaking their yeah. own language so i don't know if that is just something that you know the translate they don't have a translator for that language or it's hard to translate into english or what yeah. it is exactly so these films can be kind of hard to follow mm-hmm. um especially this one um because i was watching this one and when they are speaking english it's very heavily accented so and it's also which can also be very hard to understand especially if you don't have closed captioning on Mm -hmm. i did have closed captioning on but unfortunately with this story it still did not help with what the hell was going on i was confused throughout Mm -hmm. a lot of this um I know the Tokoloshi is a supernatural folklore creature that they that is from that specific uh, area. And like I have heard about the Tokoloshi a couple of different times. And yeah, it's basically like the supernatural entity that steals children away. Yeah. And yeah, the plot to this where I read the synopsis, that was like in the first like 30 minutes. Then after that, she's not a cleaner anymore and has like like is on the run and just like oh, yeah she's away on the run with boss. the dollar the daughter or the girl that she stole from the hospital that the tokolo she's stalking yep and then the boss for some reason is stalking her from that job like all the way till the end for some reason yeah he's just a piece of shit so i think yeah. that the reason why the tokolo she was there is because he sexually assaults and harasses and hurts young women that work there i assume he's doing the same thing to the patients um you don't really figure that out but i think that's the inclination of what's happening here yes um you know it's a shame that they didn't have the subtitles because this had a really good opportunity to be a great folklore film it's well filmed well acted um very good plot line in terms of using folklore it's just a shame that there wasn't that subtitle so we could understand because there's a lot of valuable dialogue that happens between our main character and other characters in their native tongue that I think we would help us understand why things yeah. were happening. And unfortunately, because, you know, Scott and I uh, are not fluent in the language that was being presented, we missed it. Um, yeah. But that being said, if you can find a copy with full subtitles, I think this movie is exceptional. I was able to follow along enough of what our main character was trying to do was to basically protect this girl and this folklore legend. And I let a little bit about the legend you're looking at the same kind of like folklore stuff that you see in a lot of different horror films um yeah. overall great 
great, you know, setup moves quickly enough, but the problem without knowing what's going on, it loses you. So that's the yeah, and, thing. and unfortunately for me, that's where it really uh, like hurt the film a lot yeah. for me. Like, cause yeah, I I seen that like yeah, this is a well made film, well acted. You know, had some very creepy moments to it. The Tokoloshi itself is very creepy. What you see of it, and like it's just very haunting. And like yeah, like there's a lot to it. But like with the heavy accents that made it hard for me to hear the English and the non subtitled parts where they were speaking it really confused the hell out of me what was going on. I had no idea like what this story really was about besides the Tokoloshi itself. And like, but there was more to it than that. And like, yeah, it was just hard to follow it. And I tried looking it up on wiki to try to explain it. I couldn't find a Wikipedia on this one. No, I was able to find stuff about the legend, but not enough stuff about the movie. And I read a review that kind of helped, but yeah. So bottom line is we recommend this movie. You can find subtitles. So (laughs) yeah, like, and also make sure you're paying close attention this is like one of those movies where you got to pay a lot of attention to yes Um, Uh, but speaking of folklore uh there's another folklore movie that we will discuss that i think also is a good example of folklore in a film yes um and that one is uh called the number eight also Mm -hmm. known as the soul collector Mm -hmm. which is what you can easily find it on on tubi and all that uh because you know what it got i think it was in like in its country it was considered just eight and then when it came to american audiences or north american audiences i should say yeah the soul collector is the title they used which what after watching the movie is a very apt title i mean it's very generic but it is very apt of what yeah, this movie represents. Is going on <laughs> yeah uh but it was released july 20 2019 an old man who is forced to gather souls for for all of time seeks atonement he tries to trade his own daughter's soul in a bid to get his own back. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, following the soul collector who is known as Lazarus, who carries around this backpack that has a demon in it that he has to basically feed the souls of people that are on their deathbed. Like he's basically- Isn't he the is demon basi- his daughter? Was that? Isn't the yeah. demon his daughter? I think it might be, yes. Yeah, I think it is. Because she, to get her back, he prayed. He, she came back. But it was like as a demon. Yes. Yeah. And a demon that just looks kind of terrifying when you. Actually oh yeah, very see scary it. actually. Yeah. But uh, I like this because it's basically like the South African version of the Grim Reaper because he is going yeah. and visiting people that are already on their deathbeds and dying of old age or sickness, and he is basically just taking their souls and feeding it to the demon in the bag, which is his daughter. And he ends up befriending a family that basically owned, uh, got inher- inherited this old ranch style home in this like off the road country or off the road town. And he befriends them because he said he used to work for the guy's father back in the day. And he befriends the daughter and he makes this real strong connection with this daughter of theirs. And like she finds him in the woods and like she's looking for caterpillars or feeding her caterpillars and He's like he's helping like her helping and her. explaining like what they do and what this and like and when one dies, he's like, she's like, I don't know if I should bury it because it's just an insect, but I kind of want to. And he's going, no, it's like a living thing. You should bury. You should give it its true burial. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like I found like the uh, chemistry between him and the girl was so fucking good. Like this was a heartwarming and almost heartbreaking story at the same time because you see this guy see like you see Lazarus sees his daughter in this girl. And he's mm-hmm. just wanting to help her and like, you know, give her a good life, like, and just be like super friendly to her. 
but unfortunately he has this dark side that people don't mm-hmm. expect because he has to feed souls yeah. and like the mother sees unfortunately that does, the just doesn't yeah, yeah sorry the ant yes the ant does not trust him and thinks that he is like gonna kidnap the daughter or do something awful to the daughter yeah and like it causes a lot of drama there and the townsfolk are kind of warning about Lazarus but also saying like you know it's a kind of a thing that he has to do but at the same time be wary of him and yeah I, found I think this, this to be definitely reflect uh racial the racial tensions that exist between whites and blacks in South Africa yeah right. well, I mean hell even blacks and blacks in South Africa too because yeah. a lot yeah. of the villagers yeah. didn't trust him either yeah and that was because of what he you know they knew he was cursed right so yeah. that's why too right so I I agree. I think you've done a good job of summing this up. I think the biggest thing I, I will say is that I think this movie is great on folklore. It's great on relationship development. The man that plays Lazarus is an exceptional actor. He sells his film. He sells oh, his he role. Does. He makes this movie good. Um, and this is another example where the story is, is a very, you know, set folklore story, but he brings it to life for a North American and South African act audience yeah um and i think that's the incredible piece about this it's a pretty short runtime an hour and a half it's a mix of a feel-good ending talking about grief and withdrawn loss and um what you'll do to get back to someone who you love and have that person back uh, i think pet, pet, pet cemetery only i would say a more serious tone on it and yes. a more um storytelling kind of lesson learned from it overall a great film if you missed this one back in 2020 i think is when we watched it, even though it's 2019 i don't think it was released here in north america until yeah it was around 2020 um and check it out yeah this one i love it um and this is the one like also just like the tokoloshi when they're speaking in their language it's not subtitled but it is done well enough to where you understand what is going on and it's only mm-hmm. He's only speaking that language to his daughter and to the villagers. And yeah. it almost is, I feel that one's almost done purposely to make you feel like you are not from this land. The audience is not from this land. So you are left wonder, like you are left left to wonder what they're talking about. And I feel that just kind of adds to it. And I agree. It's, and I feel there is more English spoken in this than there is in the other film. So it like kind of helps the story along more. And it like, you know, and I just feel it fits more. I agree with you, Scott. I think overall folklore in South Africa has done well. Yeah. I think folklore in other countries besides the United States and Canada has done well. Uh, and I think it's maybe because we're such young nations and we're kind of boring. Um, you know, yeah, like, other nations have had so much more time, you know, like, to really develop these folklores and believe in them. Yeah. And honestly, I think like if we had, uh, because a lot of our folklore comes from the indigenous people from our lands. Oh, who we've, then, yeah, yeah. Who we've who we've taken taken the lands yeah. away from horribly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and their like, culture. <laughs> yeah, but like the folklore yeah. in these lands is really yes. ripe. It's just we don't know it because we stole these lands from them, and did horrible things to these people. But I think like yeah, like if we like when I almost kind of want to as we're continuing this uh, theme, see if we can find a couple different uh, indigenous themed movies i think that'd be a great idea slashback was a great indigenous film yep, but slashback, i think that's... um what was the uh blood something shutter oh, one yeah. canadian one yeah the zombie one yeah that one we could do like and i want to yeah. see if there's any like american um versions of those types of films as well I would, for the yeah indigenous I, people. I agree but i would want something well prey technically was um yeah right um so but i would like to see more by indigenous for indigenous yes. That's what I want. That's what I'm looking. Right? That's what I want to see if there is. Right. 
Um, so yeah, but I honestly, overall, folklore in other countries, foreign countries, I think it's done really well. South African is one of them. Um, if you can find the subtitle version for the first one we talked about, do it. If you can, you know, eight the Soul Collector, I think it's fine. I agree with you, Scott. You don't need yeah. subtitles. Like it'd be nice, but like you don't need it to get what's going on. Yeah, this that one was much easier to follow. Like, right. and it was, and honestly, it's the better of the two. Like, yes, just acting wise. I agree. Filming it wise, and story wise. Film. Yeah, yeah, like it. It fits a very structured plot that you can follow easily. And yeah, I, and I love the folklore of this. Like, And once again, I'm loving just seeing all the folklore from all these different countries and the things that they that they have and they believe in it. It's interesting and fascinating to me. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's true international horror and true folklore. But now I think as we move in, into the out of the dark, we're going to talk about a folklore that's much loved and to many people around the world. And it is a folklore of Michael Myers. The famous oh. John Carpenter film from 1978, Halloween. Time and, to dive um, into these rankings. We're going to do a, a full detailed review of Halloween 1978 because no one's ever done that before. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott and I are going to definitely analyze why Michael knows how to drive. And we're going to fucking figure this shit out. And finally, we'll answer Brandon Orlick's question of how does Michael drive on here on Friday Nightmares. Just kidding. That's not what we're doing. We're going to just but, rank our fucking Halloween film. I'm going to tell you right now, Halloween 78, worst film of the franchise. Oh, yeah. man. Totally. Suddenly, yeah. it's actually, <laughs> I would rather watch Resurrection over Halloween 1978. Oh, okay. I can't, I, uh, I can't keep with this farce. I can't keep with this farce anymore. Oh, that hurts. That hurts my soul, Heather. So um, Scott and I, for our Out of the Dark segment, are going to do our, you know, our personal ranking of the Halloween films. Maybe give a little detail. We don't want to drag this bitch out. So so we're not going to give too much. Um, and obviously, like Heather hasn't seen ends yet, so we don't know where that would yes, land on our list. But. Yes. Yes, I have not seen ends yet, but uh, you know, anyway, Scott has, so he could do one more extra ranking, but um, there's enough that I have seen, luckily all the rest, so I can talk about them. So we're going to start with our lowest ranking one. Uh, My lowest ranking one is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 from 2009. I still haven't finished this movie. Really? so dumb. Oh, the dialogue, I can't get past the... Like we take Lori from going to be this nice, sweet thing. And all of a sudden she's fucking trailer trash. And like, I uh, I just couldn't, I just couldn't. Maybe one day I'll put it in again and I'll give it the shot at the serves. But for now, I, I just haven't been able to finish it. So that's why oh, it's ranked man. the last one. Oh yeah. shit. We're going to have some definite talks then. Who boy, this could be fun. Well, it's my own personal ranking. I know. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'm, well, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Ba- I'm just saying. I'm, I think it's gonna be fun to see where we're landing on these now. Oh, okay. Right, the different yeah. films. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. What's your last one? Which one do you like the least? Trick or treat, motherfucker! <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> Fuck that movie. It is so dumb. It's. <laughs> it, I can't even say anything else about this movie. It's just stupid. I mean, bravo for the movie to kill off Jamie Lloyd or. Jamie Lloyd killing off Laurie Strode right in the fucking beginning. Like in the first 10 minutes of the movie? Fucking bravo there. Yeah, I'll give it that. But then the rest of the movie happens and fuck that. It's so dumb. Buster Rhymes is painful to watch and just, uh, I Oh, you know, like Kung Fu fighting? Oh, (laughs) I just couldn't. I can't, like, I have nothing else to say about the movie. It's just bad. (laughs) Well, we're we're on par because my second least favorite is Resurrection 2002. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And like, I, I find that one a joke. Like, honestly, the problem is that 
it's only funny for half of it because the other half you're like, fuck, when is this motherfucker going to be done? And they got like yeah. ale chat room going on or they're trying to like direct her on how to survive. And like, I feel like it just took, oh my God, reality shows like Big Brother are a big thing right now. I know what we'll do. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> right? That's exactly. You know, and like, hey, you know, it, it is what it is. But I think Buster Rhymes, they were smart because it's always like, oh man, Buster Rhymes was in that movie. And I think that's the only like saving grace is that, if you like Buster Rhymes, you're like, hey, Buster Rhymes. And he's so fucking dumb in it. So funny. Oh, it's, rid- it's ridiculous. Right. So um, what's your second least favorite? All right. So the, uh, I guess it would be the final chapter of the Cult of Thorn trilogy. <laughs> the Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I just, I, I, this is the, this is a weird story here. I'm going to go on, but uh, I never knew this movie existed till about five years ago. Oh, like God, I had watched, I watched all the Halloween films thinking I've watched every single one of them somehow skipped over part six, not knowing it ever existed. And then five years or so ago, when I was listening to podcasts and they're talking about, ah, Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers. I'm going, what, what the fuck's that movie? And I had to look it up and I'm going, what, when did this movie come out? What the fuck? How did I not even hear about this? Uh, and I, I see why I hadn't heard about this because it, it, it's just dumb. It's ridiculous. Like the whole the whole cult of thorn thing in the in the whole thing. Yeah. Just that whole storyline in the first place, like I thought was already ridiculous. And then it just ramped up to stupid ridiculousness with this one. Yeah. I, and that's my third least <laughs> favorite. Um, and, you know, for me, it just drags. Like I can yeah. almost, I can even, you know, resurrection. I, okay. I couldn't get through Halloween two Rob Zombie. I was like, this is too fucking weird. It's too much. The Charlie trash. He's over the top. I can't do this. Um, resurrection. I was like, oh my God, this is long. Oh, Buster Rhymes. And I feel like the curse of Michael Miles. I enjoyed the beginning piece about Jamie Lloyd and the baby. Like I enjoyed that piece of it. Yep. Like I enjoy parts of curse. I actually don't mind the ending of curse, but then it just gets so like blah. Like it just gets too much. Yeah. And it, and it overthinks itself and it tries to be very deep and complicated. And I agree. That's what, that's what loses me. Yeah. Cause like it took uh, Michael Myers, who was just a normal man into the supernatural realm, which of course, obviously with this many movies, you kind of have to go yeah. that route a little bit, yeah. but I think they leaned into that a little too much and tried to overexplain it. And it just, no, I agree. I agree. So my first, my last three were just ones I can't watch again. Like if they're on TV and I see it. I'm like, not today, not today, Satan. Well, <laughs> I'll say the last two are ones I can never watch again. And my next one is Halloween five. I'm not going to revisit this anytime Mm. soon. I don't really care for this one at all. I mean, but if I had like, I may watch it 10 years from now, but Mm -hmm. I just find this one dumb. It's, like they they went the Halloween two route with like putting Jamie in the hospital the whole time except for now she's mute and instead <laughs> Donald of, Sutherland's like beating her in the hospital. Yeah, Donald bed. Sutherland's freaking Donald out Sutherland, on her. Sorry, Donald. Or, Donald sorry, Pleasance. yeah, Donald Pleasants. Donald Pleasants freaking out and like scaring the shit out of her and being like so psychotic, <laughs> like shaking her and shit. <laughs> and the whole like uh you know they completely ignored the whole thing they ended with part four with uh jamie possibly like oh, taking I on know, the role right? of michael myers and went with this weird angle with it and then adding in the doop, 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 doop music for the cops for some fucking reason <laughs> it's like why and it just oh god this it's like it just went a completely silly route and just like and yeah I, like it basically will ruin donald pleasant's uh fucking Loom, dr loomis for me fucking 
went from just like being an obsessed person to some weird fucking psycho like scaring the shit oh, out of yeah. some little girl it's like what the fuck did you ever watch the documentary about how making a halloween four and five no him and jamie were actually thing. really yeah him and jamie were actually really close him and sorry him and daniel feeling. harris were really close um, yeah, i had a feeling it would be she talked about like he was drunk the entire time like hmm. he he had an alcohol problem um very severe one but he always was kind to her. And I guess he was only there for, com- like, they shot his scenes all in one, like, two, a couple of days. That makes sense. Right? And he said when he, when he left, he demanded that she have his trailer. Because she was a star now. Ah, nice. Right? So, That's like, sweet. you know, I, I have a little bit of a soft spot for Donald Pleasance. Oh, of I do, that. yeah. Well, I, so, I like, love Donald Pleasance. Right? I, this is also my number four. My ah. least favorite. Um, And I was watching it yesterday. I was doing some yoga. And uh, George came down and he turned on the TV and he was watching it. And he was like, oh, man, like, this is, like, this is how, which Halloween is it, right? Like, he likes to tease me. Like, you know which one this is? And I'm like, it's <laughs> Halloween 5. He's like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but I don't mind it. I'll be honest. I don't mind it. I do like four and five as a pairing. Um, I will say five is tougher to get through. Oh, um, but I do enjoy like randomly Tina. And like, I don't even know what her fucking role is. She's kind of fucking shows up and like, like, like she's trying to survive. And Daniel Harris can't talk throughout the entire thing. And like her one the kid friend that's at the fucking home with her. And like, know i this is where i can rewatch this one with a pairing with four um i i don't mind if it's on tv i'll watch a little bit of it i don't think it's great i'm like i won't stay on it the entire time but i don't mind it right um, which is why it's sitting at number four for me yeah and uh for me my number four well kind of fitting halloween four i just went with the whole cult of, cult of thorn trilogy like there you back go to back like it ha- four has its moments like i this is one i could probably rewatch here and there um but you know this is where the cult of thorn thing starts to happen uh and i love the ending with jamie lloyd all of a sudden like wearing the same outfit as michael myers when he was a yeah. kid and the hint of like maybe she's gonna be the next killer and then they just kind of throwing that away in the next movie this yeah. one had some good kills it was trying to do something different and took itself seriously unlike part five and yeah. like was fi- trying to find a way to bring Michael back after Halloween two, since Halloween three was not about Michael. So yeah. I, yeah, I give it credit for trying to do what it did, but yeah, just, eh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, my number five is Halloween H2O 20 years later. Ah. Um, so as I did this, I did this in ranking of yet again, if I saw it on TV, how long would I leave it on for? <laughs> That's Fair enough. how I did this ranking. And I I don't, I definitely don't mind H2O, but I find it kind of boring. Um, I feel like there's no characters in it that are redeeming. Jamie Lee Curtis is like kind of over the top, like super paranoid about her son. Like the teenagers in it are, I don't know. I don't buy that as 20 years later. I, I don't. Um, I like how cool J being in it. I, <laughs> I do think there's parts of it that I enjoyed the first time I saw it, but as time has gone on, I just, if I see it on TV, I'm like, eh, okay. Like I'll watch some of it probably more than I would Halloween five, but eh, like I do it for a podcast, but I'm not going to be like, oh man, Halloween H2O got to watch it. Got to watch right. it. It's Halloween time. Right. So that is my number five. And that's funny. Cause uh, my number five is also uh, H2O. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, where 
I, I do like this one a lot. Like, well, not a lot. I mean, I do like this one. Uh, I think it's mainly because it's that 90s nostalgia. Um, yeah. I do, uh, like, it's still not a good film, but I do like some of the kills in it. I do, I can't stand the soundtrack because the soundtrack is totally like Creed and all that shit. And it yeah. just, yeah, doesn't have that. It doesn't feel like a Halloween movie to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels like it's, it's a copycat scream in a way. Yeah, yeah. And it's just too clean. Um, but once again, it's one of those where if it was on TV, I would watch this one all the way through just because it's like, yeah, it's entertaining enough. Yep. And sometimes that's all that matters, right? Entertaining enough. Yeah. And this is where I never thought I would be, but my number six. So this now we're moving more into like what I like and what I enjoy. Halloween by Rod Zombie 2007. Hmm. I have come around on this movie so much. I used to not care for it at all. I think it was stupid. I've moved to, I still don't love the trailer trash. I'm Rob Zombie. I'm going to make you feel sorry for my antagonist shit. Not my thing. But I respect that he did something different with it. I respect the dialogue that he wrote between the teenage girls, Lori and her friends. I thought it was very accurate. Um, and I, I think it's an easier movie to watch. And I think that it deserves its place on the Halloween list. I think good for him. Rob Zombie's not my favorite director, but I do think he has a certain flair. And I think Daniel said it great on Horror for Dummies. Like, you know what, you know what you're getting into with a Rob Zombie film? Yeah. Like, except for the monsters, monsters or whatever it is. Obviously that's a separate type of genre. Um, but if you're watching like, you know, Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand, Halloween, you know what you're walking into. Like, you know what you're going to see, you know what his flavor is. And I think it's an enjoyable enough film that if it's on TV, I will definitely watch it. It's funny you should say that because that you're... is also mine. Look at Rob that, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, like the uh, the white trash family in the beginning, super annoying. And like how like they give Michael like this whole backstory of why he's the killer and the, yeah. what he becomes but the brutal kills in this are fucking awesome um michael is a force to be reckoned with he's terrifying he's i would say he is the scariest michael myers like just in sheer force where the other ones are terrifying in their own way but just in sheer force and way he does things it's very scary and like just very animalistic Mm-hmm. and uh and yeah i agree with like the uh dialogue between laurie and her friends and like how the, and like and their their dialogue feels like how the dialogue would be for teenagers yeah. at that time and i love that uh was it sheriff prackett is that was yeah i love that that's brad dorf that brad dorf is in this and he does such an amazing job and it is heartbreaking to me to hear him like freak out and cry when he finds his daughter like just laying what he assumed is either hurt or dead and his emotions there are just so heartbreaking as a father yeah good like, acting yeah good acting, i mean right? brad dorf is incredible always um right and like yeah like i found this to be entertaining um I still prefer the R-rated version over the unrated version because the yeah. unrated version decides to add in that unnecessary fucking rape scene in the fucking asylum. Yeah. When the R-rated version had more like him just a, him killing the security guards and escaping and yeah. had a more of a body count. Plus it had in that R-rated version, you had Bill Mosley and a couple of the other returning characters from Rob Zombie's Devil's Rejects as the security guards. And then, yeah. yeah, they're not even in this movie, like the unrated version. And it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, props to Rob Zombie, right? Like he did something different. Good for him. I wasn't a big fan of Halloween 2 that he did, but who knows? Maybe I'll try to get through it now older. Maybe I'll like it more. Right. Um, now we're going to make the shift. So like, this is where it really shifts for me to what I really enjoy. Yep. So I do enjoy Rob Zombie's one. Um, my next one of top six is Halloween Kills 2021. I thought that it was, it moved quick. Some of the kills in it were awesome. I always joke about Evil Dies Tonight because I think it's a paint by numbers Halloween film. But that being said, it's an enjoyable, easy watch. Yeah, I agree. So I like it for that reason. And it's funny because uh, I have Halloween 2018. Oh, nice. Nice. Yep. Um, this one's lower than uh, kills for me just because of, uh, as the Exploited Heads Horror Movie Podcast says, Turkish Loomis. Yeah, Turkish <laughs> but, Loomis. Yeah. But uh, no, I like this. Uh, I like this tale of like older Michael being like the asylum he escapes and the fact that laurie strode is still dealing with like the trauma from this and is like terrified and becomes basically sarah connor from terminator 2 just a badass and then you find out that yeah michael has no interest in you laurie he's just killing whoever he sees and just because you're so paranoid and want to hunt him down you put yourself in his sights so then he wants to kill you yeah it's not because of anything else like he if you just stayed away you would have been completely fine, but your paranoia brought you into his his eyesight and then made you one of his victims or wanted to be a victim. But yeah. and I like that. I and I like the addition of the characters. I like the silly comedy. Like the comedy that's in this is sprinkled around just enough. Michael is brutal and efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I find this to be like yeah, I get annoyed by the fucking member berries that are in it, but it's you know it's still a fun movie that I would. Re-watch. It's easy to watch. What it comes yeah. down to is what can you rewatch, right? Yeah. Um, so now we're in top five material. So top five for me, uh, big fan of this one always will be as Halloween for the return of Michael Myers, 1988. Uh, I like Daniel Harris in this. I like the fact that she was a young lady whose uncle, the whole family dynamic. I love the costume scene when she's at the costume place. I, I love her relationship with her sister. I love the ending. I thought the ending would have been brilliant if they went in that direction. I think Donald yep. Pleasant's reaction to her at the top of the stairs is fucking incredible. Um, I don't want to lay. I don't want to drag this section out forever. So I will just say I enjoy this one. I enjoyed what it did. Um, I agree with you coming back from the third, but I just I I, I just enjoyed the story here. I and I always will. I like it. It's fun. Um, I get behind her as a little kid that's trying to fight back, and I think it's great. Yeah, I, I can, I can see those points. I knew it'd be higher on your list because I yeah. knew you were a bigger fan. Yeah, I'm um, a fan of it. I am, however, not in my top five because I forgot I have one more Halloween movie on here that you don't yet. So this is my oh, number. Right. This will be my number six. Right. Um, and my number six, and this is where I was like, oh, well, we may have some talking to do. Halloween two, Rob Zombies. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Like, you like I mean, it. And yeah, I was like, because like, uh. I know most people don't like it, um, but I love it uh, for the fact that uh, it deals with trauma and it does it in a good way where poor Lori is just fucked up from this and like is on all sorts of medication just to like try to keep herself sane. And yeah, the dialogue is still Rob Zombie, so it's cringe and whatnot. But I uh, in this one, I like that Michael Myers is like basically just like a wild hobo surviving out in the wild, like <laughs> and not like something like some random house. And like he just looks old and haggard. He's got a fucking beard now. And like, yes, because obviously, how is he going to trim? Like, he's not going to shave. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> but um, and I like the look of him. He's very intimidating and scary. Hell, I even love the fucking swerve that Rob Zombie did with this one where the first like 
15 minutes, you're going, oh shit, okay, so he's really redoing Halloween too, and it's going to be in a hospital, and he's going to kill all these people. Oh no, that was just a dream, or a nightmare. I love that he did that swerve, because I was like, oh yeah, he fucked everybody, he fucking pissed people off with that, and I love it. Um, And yeah, I like that it's just very weird and ethereal, and just kind of like strange, and yeah, just focuses on trauma. The only thing I don't like is the whole white horse with sherry moon zombie returning as the mother for some reason and like yeah don't yeah don't once again he added her in there because it's his wife okay sure but i like everything else about this and i find it funny with some of the cameo appearances we get we get a fucking weird al cameo appearance at a fucking talk show and and fucking uh malcolm mcdowell's dr loomis is a complete fucking dirt bag that's just yeah. making money off of michael and shit like that yeah and, uh, like so he's basically dr phil in this world <laughs> yeah yeah not far off making money off of people suffering yeah not um, far off man so yeah i just really dug that for that um because yeah i revisited it a few years ago and i'm going you know what this is actually better than i thought and i like it better than his remake hey and that's cool right yeah if that's what you dig that's what you dig uh because i've only not seen the same number that scotty has my fourth is halloween 2 1981 um, I do like that one. I've always enjoyed the sequel. I thought it was cool. I, I, I get that Jamie Lee Curtis probably didn't want to be in it because she is in the hospital bed the entire time. Right. Um, but I always thought it was a good follow-up to the original. I think it flows well together. Uh, you know, it's a fucking slasher film. Like, it is yeah. what it is. I don't mind the little love story between her and the uh, Ben, I think it is. Um, I met Traber, I think. Yeah. Well, like, wait, yeah, I can't remember if that. I, I don't remember, remember. Yeah. Whatever. Whoever the guy is. It's good. It's cute. I enjoy the ending. I think the ending fire is fucking cool. Um, yeah. I, I will watch it if I see it on TV. Yeah. That's a, it's, yeah. We'll be talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So now I'm into my number fives. And my number five is Halloween Kills. Um, I like, like, yeah, we've, you and I both made fun of this movie because of the member berries, evil dies yeah. tonight, the dumb decisions that these townspeople do and the mistaking of the escape mental patient that is nothing like Michael Myers. But this is the most brutal fucking Michael Myers we have ever seen. So many kills. He just goes on a fucking rampage. That's basically what this movie is, is him just, there is really no story. Like, it's just him fucking just killing and killing yeah. and killing. And I love like the gore in this. I love how brutal and efficient he is. I love the fucking townsfolk beat down that happens at the end. And he just fucking gets up and just kicks the living shit out of every one of them. I love that there was actual stakes in this and that Lori lost her daughter at the end. Like, you know, there was actually some legit good stuff going on in here. And I do really enjoy like how quickly it went too. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so my number three is Halloween three. Nice. Season is a witch um again <laughs> podcasts have covered these fucking movies i don't feel the need to drag this out i like it it's fun i think the mass is great i think it's a good take on what other halloween stories could have been done with it um i think it's a shame they didn't go down that and did kind of maybe different stories every year or every halloween film um but hey i get it people want to see michael it's cool yep um oh my gosh i blinked on who's tom tom atkins tom atkins oh sorry (laughs) excuse me tom motherfucking atkins it's great you know (laughs) he fucking sells this film the mask concept always i thought it was smart you know you market these masks kids put them on shit happens to them i I think it's a clever film and i will always watch it you know that's probably one that i enjoy rewatching a lot because i just think it's an easy fun movie to watch oh absolutely um so yeah my number four halloween ends 
that oh and then the plot thickens and now we have the haters mm-hmm. uh no i love this for like i was saying like in the synopsis or the review i gave earlier i love that fucking david gord green swung for the fences and did something different and it's not like you know he gave us the slasher michael myers in the second film and this one's more of a character study and how multiple people dealing with trauma and how a town even deals with trauma and the effects that that can cause to on certain people's mental state mm-hmm. and I love this and the soundtrack is amazing. It's beautifully shot and it's got like this, like like a good story that goes quick. And uh, like, yeah, I liked all the characters in this. Like every character had meaning and purpose to them. Um, like it's some returning characters, some not, because obviously half the town got killed by Michael in the yeah, last movie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like they're like the member berries weren't so weren't nearly as heavy in this one as it was in the last two films. Uh, yeah, I just found this to be really good. And then yeah, old old Michael Myers because he's got to be in like his late seventies at this point. Like it makes total sense of what they did with him. And yeah, like solid fucking movie. I am very happy with how this ended. Like this was a great ending to the trilogy and a great a great showdown and ending at the end of the film too i look forward to seeing it and i have a feeling i will probably echo your sentiments in it um in terms of this last one so i'm a tie between one and two i float back and forth between what i prefer to watch feeling on the day and this is where rob humphreys is going to unfriend me on facebook and block me and we will never be friends again i enjoy halloween 2018 on par with enjoying halloween the original 1978 nice um not because i think one's better than the other okay i'm not going to get into that fucking dick waving contest go fuck yourself if that's what you want to do um we're talking about personal enjoyment here and what I enjoy watching. I've seen Halloween 1978 several times. Obviously, it's a fucking phenomenal film. Like, I don't need to beat the Halloween 1978 drum any louder than it's ever been beaten. The soundtrack, the kills, no blood, but still effective. Um, the Netflix movie on how it was made really gave me some good perspective on how mm-hmm. they filmed that scene with the mask. Young Michael running to kill his sister. Excellent. Movie, movie has its place in horror history. Nothing will overtake what that movie is but when it comes to personal enjoyment and watching i also enjoy watching 2018 i think 2018 was a great revisitation of this role i think nick castle does pretty good for an old dude in this fucking role um i think Lori made sense that she would have this trauma and all fucked up from what happened to her as a young woman and have issues with marriages and all that other shit Mm -hmm. yeah i find some of the characters annoying yeah, I find some of the like cliches and member berries a little cheesy, but like, if I'm honest, I can sit through and watch it though. The scene with the kid in the devil outfit where he gets fucked up by Michael, I think is really fucking entertaining. Um, I think the trap idea was clever. Yeah. I, I love that scene with Judy Greer and Michael. I thought it was quite fucking believable. The grandmother thing never bothered me. I didn't give a shit what she called her grandmother. Yeah. I don't think that's something that's a problem. So you know, if either one are on TV, I don't know which one I'm going to watch. It's going to depend what mood I'm in that day. Am I in a mood to see more of a modern day retelling? Uh, well, not retelling, of a, I guess a continuation of the story mm-hmm. of 2018 that's more modern. Or am I in the mood for something that's a little more classic? Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think they're both good. And yeah, I, I it's going to be on the day. It's going to be how I feel, which one is first and which one is second. I like that. Yeah. That makes total sense. I was like, and I can't fault you for any of that. I was like, cause I like the, I like, yeah, I like those movies as well. 
Um, right. My top three are going to be, I'll just kind of, since you've already given yeah, yours since away. I've kind of, yeah, yeah. I'll just run through my top three because it's very simplistic. Uh, so Halloween three, uh, or number three is Halloween three, season of the witch, Tom Atkins, they did something completely different, fucking masks. Awesome. Love it. You know, what can be said about this film? It's fun. It's different. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of, you know, trying to do an anthology series with this instead of like continuing Michael Meyer. Unfortunately, it didn't work. Yeah. But, um, then of course, then my number two is Halloween two. Just love it. It's like an old school slasher. I love the Laurie Strode being fucking Michael Meyer's sister. I know not many people mm -hmm. do, but I like that aspect of it. Uh, yeah. I don't like I don't like where it continued on from here, but I like this one with it. And I like the uh, ideas behind it. And I love it being set in a hospital that it's like late night and not a lot of people are around. Yeah. Uh, I love that final confrontation with him and Dr. Loomis and the fucking catching him on fire and just kicking the shit out of him and like which is interesting because in halloween kills they catch him on fire again yeah or not halloween kills sorry halloween 2018 or, yeah yeah sorry, sorry yeah sorry, well yeah. no it is yeah it is kind of halloween well 2018 and kills because the because he comes out of the house when it's on fire right that's true that's true, kills. that's true yeah um but yeah i love just i love halloween too like and uh then yeah obviously number one's halloween 78 i like it's literally one two three like yeah, i nice. love all three of those movies halloween 78 bonafide fucking classic was in my top 10 uh, of all time it's amazing slasher if i had the extra money i would be going to the theater tonight because uh they have been playing the original halloween as well as halloween ends this entire weekend at one of my theaters and i would love to go but i'm just don't have the money or the time to do it today yeah but you know this is like no more can be said it's a fucking classic for reasons like it's it was low budget at the time and you know low budget done fucking right and look what yeah. it, where it, look where it went and look how many fucking movies came out after it now and you know the thing is it's even if you're not a big halloween fan you got to like there's a reason why it was featured on how movies that made us mm -hmm. you know what i mean like there's a reason why nightmare on elm street was featured on that too same with aliens yeah. like these are movies that have its place in hollywood history yeah not just and horror history but hollywood history. hollywood history right but i think what it comes down to is if we look at the michael myers original film or halloween 20 1978 Michael Myers wasn't a thing. He was the shape. He was yeah. nothing. He was just some dude fucking slashing and dicing people and his name happened to be Michael. So when you compare that to future films, there was never a plan for that shit to happen. There nope. was never a plan for Michael to become what he's become. Fucking mugs and toys and, you know, people fighting on Facebook about ends. Like no one pictured 10 fucking movies in the franchise or how many other movies there are now. You know, it's, it's, it's grown. Yeah. So I think that, you know, when we compare to 1978, I almost feel like 1978 shouldn't even be in, in the pile because it's such a separate fucking film that never was planned for these fucking sequels. Mm -hmm. And then the sequels kind of just built on it. Right. Yep. And that's how you could argue any franchises. You have the original and then you have everything that's come after that. And it's always added on to, adapted from, taken the story and twisted it and made that character into what it is today, right? Yep. So I'm, these were our rankings. Take them as you what, as you wish. I hope Rob's really mad about my loving of 2018 and 1978 and, you know, together. Well, he, he already told me I was wrong for having Halloween ends at number four. Oh, well, there you go, right? So I mean, I know, he, I know he doesn't mad. hate, I know he doesn't hate that movie, but like, yeah, he, I don't think he has it like nearly as high as I do. <laughs> Your pain gives us power, Rob. 
Let me feel you through the pain, and you can tell me where that pain is on my body any day. So bottom line is we hope you enjoy watching whatever Halloween film you enjoy watching this year, Uh, whether it is one that features Michael Myers, Tom Atkins, Sam, I don't know, some crazy rock one, babysitter, Um, weird ass one from the 80s. Sammy Kerr lives, baby. Right. Whether it's, you know, Haunt from 2019. Uh, whether it's Funhouse Massacre from 2015, hey man, whatever you fucking want to watch, not Terrifier or Terrifier uh-huh. 2, whatever Halloween film gets you going this season, check it out. Enjoy Hocus Pocus. Fuck, if that's your jam too. Fuck. Or Ernest Scared Stupid. Who are we to judge? We're non judgmental. Oh, Sleepy Hollow. Yep. So many, so many. But, so many good uh, ones. So many good ones. But enjoy halloween ends or don't enjoy halloween ends either way don't worry it's probably not over so um they'll find a way to bring michael back maybe yeah oh don't worry uh next they'll probably uh continue on the cult of thorn trilogy now somehow there you go there we go (laughs) so thank you as as always for listening uh we are proud members of the legion podcast team who is also featured on patreon so patreon uh the patreon exclusive with the religion podcast they release special episodes they do different kind of giveaways and if you're not a legion patreon member yet scotty what do i usually say um what what (laughs) are you (laughs) waiting for join today and you can hear other people complain about halloween ends for the next three weeks so um thank you though for listening thank you for being with us on this journey this is a longer episode but it's our halloween special so it's fine that we exactly. never actually it's planned our on having season right um and hey if you want to share your rankings of halloween movies please go ahead non-judgment free zone here i don't give a shit neither scott what you like you like what you like enjoy it exactly you know it's all good in the hood um but I think Scott has something to see us out. Yeah, until next time, kitties. Since this will be the last time you hear from us before the Halloween season, I hope you all have a wonderful Halloween, wonderful Devil's Night. Have fun with the kids. Hope you uh, have some fun spoopy seasons planned. Maybe some Halloween parties. Maybe some, like, just passing out candy with the kitties or maybe taking your kids trick-or-treating. Whatever it is, I hope you enjoy it. Have a wonderful time and be safe. Until next time, unpleasant dreams. See you on the flip side.